And now, introducing the man who thought the officiating was fine last night, but said, quote, they really need to do something about all those terrible towels on the field. He's got more dirty laundry than a Heinz Field officiating crew. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley, and we are here for the next couple of hours. Much to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Um, it's been too long. We're going to have our buddy uh, Pete Medhurst sit in for about an hour of today's program. Uh, of course, you know Pete, play-by-play voice of the Naval Academy, uh, football, basketball, lacrosse, soccer, I mean, everything at Navy. He's the man behind it. Uh, also a talk show host down in 980 in D.C., and he's been just about everywhere in his career and Arundel County guy. We're going to catch up with Pete Medhurst and uh, discuss all things, certainly do a little college basketball as the season gets underway tonight but also talk about who's actually good, um, all sorts of stuff that we'll talk about. Yes, the taunting thing from last night that everybody's all worked up about. Uh, Pete Medhurst will join us a little bit later on in the program. Also coming up today, we'll talk some Ravens. Dalius Thomas joins us in just a couple of minutes. He was at the game on Sunday, and then later on in the show, uh, I think Mike Nolan is going to check in with us. Of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach, and now part of the Ravens broadcast team. We'll get some thoughts from him as well. So all that is coming up on the show today. We are one week out from the return of the Tyus Bowser show next Tuesday night. Oh, I, I screwed. This is my fault. I See what I did here? I, uh, I moved this, and when I did, it knocked the volume out of my uh, headphones. So I don't know. I can't hear myself. I might I might sound wonderful. I might not. But literally just opening the binder, that's all it did. Knocked all of the volume out of my headphones. Damnedest thing. Um, Tyus Bowser's show next Tuesday night. We're going to be at Mother's in Timonium. It's going to be a great night. It's brought to you by Pressbox Grade 8's memorabilia as well as Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. We're excited to have them. And Window Depot Baltimore joining us. To be a part of the Tyus Bowser Show, find out more about Duffy's Garage, duffysgaragemd.com. Legitimately, the place where I take my car whenever I have an issue, I go to Duffy's in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com or uh, windowdepotbaltimore.com to find out more about them. Happy to have them on board. It's going to be a great night next Tuesday night um, with Tyus Bowser at Mother's in Timonium. Hope you will come join us for that. Also, don't forget the Great Eights Memorabilia is hosting an event for Harvest of Hope tonight. They are raising uh, gift cards in order to take care of those who need it in uh, the, the Baltimore area that can't afford uh, to take care of Thanksgiving dinner. You understand those that are food insecure? Uh, Harvest of Hope is helping them out, and Great Eights Memorabilia is helping Harvest of Hope. And you can benefit from it because tonight you can meet Pat Ricard, Project Pat himself, fresh off you know, single-handedly taking the Ravens down the field for a touchdown drive when they needed it on uh, on Sunday. You can meet Pat Ricard this evening. All you got to do is donate a gift card to help out. So grade8smemorabilia.com is the website to go to to find out more about that event, which is coming up tonight with Patrick Ricard and grade8s memorabilia. All right? I know it's complicated, a lot going on, a lot I'm telling you, but I believe in you. I think you can handle all of this and understand what it is that you need to do. The Steelers win last night uh, as the Bears attempted a 65-yard field goal. It's such a bummer that like the, the angle was so bad that we all thought the, the kick was close because the reality of how badly Cairo Santos missed the kick speaks to 
the audacity of the Ravens even letting Justin Tucker attempt a 66-yard kick, more or less him make it a couple weeks ago. It's, it, it's perspective that I think is, is noteworthy in terms of how ridiculous it was that he made that kick. And as I said in that moment, e- even after Justin Tucker made the kick, I said, I'm not sure that it was the right decision. I don't know if 100 times you try a 66-yard field goal and 100 times you try to convert a Hail Mary that you actually make more of the 66-yard field goals than you do convert Hail Marys. I don't know that. It just so happened to be that that one time by the, the, the skin, you know, by, uh, by, by the hair of the ball, the kick was good. But last night you saw... Cairo Santos missed that kick so badly. Again, you didn't notice how badly he missed the kick because the camera angle was awful. The ball bounced on the B in the end zone, and we all thought it was hitting the crossbar. It was nowhere close. He missed the kick so badly that it's a reminder of just how absurd it was what Justin Tucker did in Detroit and that the Ravens even allowed him to attempt the kick because there was no business for the Bears to send uh, Cairo Santos out there to attempt that kick last night. In that spot, you throw the ball to the end zone, you take your chances. You're never making a 65-yard kick. But for a second, we thought, because I and I'll never understand the science of that, but we thought because our eyes deceived us that it was actually close, that it was actually, you know, the threat that the ball was going to go through the uprights when it was very clearly not that. All right. Um, the Ravens, of course, uh, got that big win over Minnesota on Sunday. They're now six and two on the season. Our next guest was at the game. He's one of our favorites, man. We've, we we uh, we watched him play for years. We watched him on TV. We listened to him on the radio. We've eaten at his restaurant. We've done a little bit of everything with this man. He is our friend, Mr. Adelius Thomas, and he's back with us here on GCR. Ad, what's going on, brother? How are you? Man, nothing much. I'm, everything's great, man. Thanks for having me on. Always good to chat with you, buddy. I, you know, were you guys out there playing football? And said, I see that. Were you guys out at halftime playing some football? You know, it was the the military appreciation. Um, you know, honoring our veterans that have sacrificed so much, and so to go out and just have a little fun with them, kind of running around. Nobody's really doing anything heavy, too much. But um, you know, just to show them an appreciation, get you know, for the guys to get out there and run around on the football field. Uh, and get them some, uh, show them some support and love for all the hard work and sacrifice they've done for our country. Uh, it was a small token of uh, appreciation. That's awesome, man. It, ha- it seemed like you guys kind of had a dream team together for it too, right? Like, guys- it, it, it was funny uh, connecting with some of the guys that you've played with and some of the guys that were there after me and uh, Jacoby and uh, Evans Oglesby and uh, some of the other guys. Uh, Karaji had to come back and redeem himself from having an Achilles in the last time he <laughs> he performed. And so uh, I think everybody this time, you know, the goal was, listen, nobody's really watching you on TV. So remember that. <laughs> Take it easy. Right. <laughs> and make sure you get out of here the same way you came in, walking. All right, so could you could – you, all right, at this point in your life, AD, could you actually survive a real NFL snap, or would you be a, a, a terrified of what it would do to your body to be out there on the field at this point? Well, I think I could – I think just from muscle memory, you can survive the snap. You okay. know, what you pay for afterwards, you know, right, of, right. of getting in uh, would be one thing. And so uh, I think I would like to feel that I've tried to take care of myself enough to 
think that I could at least survive a snap. All right, all right. I, one snap, that's all. That's all you need, one snap, and you can say I could do that, man. That's, that's yeah, the way it one, is. One snap, I think I can do that. Now, how productive I am doing that snap is, right. is a different question. Understood. Understood, but uh, we're not asking for much, right? Just asking right. to get out there. Right. Hey, before exactly. I want to talk some Ravens with you, but before I do that, uh, give me an update. What else is going on in your world these days, man? What are you, what are you up man, to? You know, Steel Grill 620 um, is the, the thing that is there out in Ellicott City. I was uh, doing that thing in brunch on Sunday. It's unbelievable. If you, if you haven't have been, brunch. it's unbelievable, the brunch at Grill 620, man. Yeah, and uh, Duber, man, Daddy Uber. I got a daughter graduating this year, so... <laughs> All of the the honeydew list gets doubled. <laughs> a dad, I need this. Dad, I need that. So, but uh, I'm enjoying every minute of it. Uh, the, my girl, my daughters were with me at the game, and um, other investment, private equity things that you just try to tap into and do some uh, charity work and uh, donate your time and, and help people. Right. Is your daughter an athlete at all? She does track. She does cheer. Uh, she did softball for a little bit, but um, she throws a shot put. And um, she's done pretty well at it. I don't know if she want to continue it. Okay. Uh, you know how that goes. It's, I would like for her to continue it, but since I want her to continue, she probably won't. It, but yeah. <laughs> that's how it kind of goes. Yeah, it's just, and, and only because you want her to, right? Like yeah, that's the way correct. it goes. She has yeah. to say no. Did did do your do your daughters understand like what a big deal you were? Are they way too young to like know how beloved you were and like that you were really good at this. Well, you know, I, I think as they're getting older, like when we went there, it kind of, they get snaps of it. They okay. get, you know, instances of it. And then, you know, it depends on if they're on their TikTok or not or making a video when that happens or not. So <laughs> it's kind of relative to, yeah, your has-been or, okay, um, let's do this, let's do that. So <laughs> I get that. It's, it's relative. I understand that. I understand that, man. It's their world. I, it's not. I don't understand that. Like, hold, I, dude. I will never be on TikTok in my life. A daily as Tom is. It will never be something that I will have any concept of. Listen, uh, your kids will put you on TikTok and you don't even know it. Are, are you wait, do something funny. Okay, and hang on, hang on. They will post it. Have they gotten you to like do a coordinated dance with them on TikTok at any point? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, well, it's probably gonna happen. That's the way it's gonna go. It's yeah, probably gonna that's how it usually goes. Soon. Um, but I think I did a one thing where they they did something and they jump and I kind of come and snatch them out of the screen, like I run from out of the screen okay. and pick them up. Okay. And take, I did do that one time. That was pretty cool. All we right, had fun doing all right. That. that you're Superman, Super Dad at that point. <laughs> That's the way it is. The Dailyest Thomas is with us. He was at the game on Sunday. Hey, AD, uh, you know, the the Ravens over the years, we know this uh, franchise we built around defense, right? Um, it's it's changed a little bit, clearly. In recent years, with the arrival of Lamar Jackson, how do you measure like this is a good thing? Lamar's amazing versus, boy, kind of what happened to this defense? (laughs) Like, where where is the tackling? Like, what what is going on that this is not the way that a Ravens defense is necessarily supposed to be? You know, I I think I think it's a combination of things. I think is it's a a, I think it's a product of watering down. the whole with the concussion and cracking down on hits, I feel that the structure of how teams really practice uh, the way they used to, like, you know, you used to practice live and this, and everything now is about getting through the season to be healthy and more science. And 
it could be good, bad, or indifferent, but I, I feel that we're not as physical as we used to be. And I'm not sure if it's because of injury, um, because we have had a lot of injuries in the secondary. We've had a lot of injuries overall on yeah, defense. no question. And so I don't know how that physicality comes, um, but it's, it's frustrating because, again, because of the tradition of being dominant. And so the question kind of was, is it fair to put – what are you judging them against? You know, are you judging them against – other teams, are you judging them against tradition? And if you're judging them against traditions, like, okay, that's a big difference. Um, if not, then it's you know it's a different metrics. So it's it's it is frustrating because fans are like, no, this is not. You got thirty some points. Like, we're this is going to be a blow. I wouldn't. Nobody's about to score. Right. But it's I, I feel it is unfair to those guys to try to compare against it. everybody against the two thousand uh, Ravens or some of the other teams that you've had because. Uh, those were very elite teams. That 2000 was elite from every team that's ever played defense. Of course, and right. so, but again, it's like they said, the tradition of the tradition to be able to go and do the things that we need to do and win games ugly. I think it will help us overall, but at the same time, I do know that uh, we must improve in giving up explosive plays, um, and we can be better at that. And we all know that, but I feel that. We will hopefully continue to get better and hit that benchmark as we go into the playoffs, hopefully, one, and so that you kind of figure it out and then move along. One thing that jumped out at me on Sunday, AD, was that in the first half, the running backs ran the ball a total of five times, right? In the second mm-hmm. half and on into overtime, that number jumped up significantly. And mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice that in the second half and overtime, the Ravens defense only gave up one touchdown total after halftime, right? Like what right. the correlation between the ability and we all know Lamar is going to run the ball forever, but the ability to establish the run with your running backs and what that does for a defense. Could you speak to that a little bit? AD, you still there? Well, oh, sorry, yes, man. We lost yes, you for sir, a second. I'm here. Yep. Yes, sir. Well, I think the biggest, um, being able to stop the run deals with a lot about um, controlling the line of scrimmage. And I think a lot of it has to do with not being familiar with the opponent. You know, we don't play Minnesota a lot. Uh, so sometimes that's a challenge of knowing tendencies and knowing uh, people that you haven't played against or unfamiliar uh, opponent. And so a lot of times that calculates into it, and then it takes you time to kind of get adjusted to it. And then after halftime, you make your adjustments and then kind of go into um, and get settled in uh, kind of sort of. And so you, you you have a better second half than you do the first half. And I can see that, and uh, that happens from time to time, but uh, it takes a lot more energy to prepare for an opponent that you're not I, very familiar I, with. I, I totally get that. Dallas, I actually – what I, I meant with um... – when your own team, when when you established, oh, a la okay. what like, Jamal Lewis did once upon a time, right? Like the Ravens have mm-hmm. really struggled this season. In fairness is what happens when you lose your top three running backs before the season even begins. They've really struggled to be able to run the ball with their running backs all year, right? But mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that, if, if there is a direct correlation between a team that can't run the ball with their running backs and maybe why a defense might struggle a little bit because it did look like as they established more of a ground game in the second half, that really helped to allow the defense to be a bit more rested 
and get back out on the field and make some plays and get some stops when they needed to because there were some more prolonged possessions? Well, yes, uh, I, I would say that we definitely need to run the ball more yep. <laughs> as an offense um, because I feel that that is our strong suit. And I don't feel that we have to get fancy to run it. I feel that, you know, when we run that power play and we have a lot of misdirection and finding out if guys are um, in man or zone and Lamar trying to reading, uh, kind of reading things, I feel that we kind of got away from the run when, you know, he had to throw a lot and he was successful at it. And so now we've turned him into this pocket passer uh, from time to time. But, you know, it's a – it's speculative or, you know, um, kind of hard to say that because I don't see the film. Right. I don't see – I don't sure. get a chance to study. So I, I'd like to think that the coaches are doing what's best for whatever, but I do think that our identity is running the ball. Mm-hmm. Identity is running the ball and the mark throwing the ball, you know, between 16, 17 times to 24, 25 times. That's the game that I've, I've grown to be used to. And having to throw the ball 40-some times um, is a new thing for us. It's a new thing for our culture of the Ravens Nation. Because, again, like you said, you had Jamal and other guys that used to run the ball, play tough-nosed defense, run the ball efficiently, efficiently, control the line of scrimmage on defense, and not give up runs. And so now it's kind of like this whole flip thing of where, okay, we are scoring people versus stopping them and they being a blowout. And so, but again, I think that winning ugly helps you in the long run uh, from the fact that you have the ability to overcome adversity. You believe in yourself when you're down 14 points that we've done it before, we've been here before, and we understand that we have to make one play at a time and then in order to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel that running the ball helps the defense. I think it also helps our offense, and it helps Lamar. And I would love for um, – Lamar to be more secure with the ball (laughs) with one hand on the ball. uh, It's kind of lackadaisical because I feel our Achilles heel is turnovers and giving up big plays and which is everybody's thing. But I think if Ravens don't turn the ball over and give up big plays, I feel that we will have a chance to win every single game without a shadow of a doubt. All right. So we've liked a lot of what we've seen from Adafi Owe so far this season, the Dalias, but if I could, you know, uh, uh, Matt Judon followed the Adelius Thomas path, right? Like, he went from Baltimore mm-hmm. to New England. And after having just six sacks all of last year, he's got nine in half a season in New England. Uh, Unique Ngakwe a year ago spent a half season in Baltimore and had just three sacks in that half season. And a half season in Vegas, he's already got six. Do, do you worry at all about – like, the, the Ravens just seem uninclined to allow players to just go rush the passer. Like, the just say, this is what you do. You put your hand in dirt. Your job is to go get the quarterback on the ground. And, and you know, I, I don't – look, again, we can't dissect all of the defensive issues, but do you feel like they'd be well served to allow players to just have that role, to say your only responsibility is to go get the dude that takes the snap on the ground? Well, situationally they do. When it's third down and it's your chance to go get the the um, the quarterback, that's that's the opportunity that you have. I don't think you can do that without jeopardizing the integrity of the defense as a whole. If you have one guy doing one thing that is outside the structure of the defense, and then you have uh, the rest of the defense playing a di- different way, 
in certain cars you can do that for like bootleg or whatever. Mm-hmm. But overall, what what ends up happening is the defense won't trust uh, the integrity of the defense because if you got one guy doing his own thing outside of the integrity of the defense, then he's doing someone else's job on certain plays because he want to do his own thing. And so that will come back to bite you. And so I do feel that you can pick and choose. Your down and distances um, will help you that. Maybe it is off-season or spending more time individually working on your skill set. And a lot of times it could be you have to look at those sacks. Like, okay, then sometimes they fall into them. Sometimes, you know, getting sacks on first and second down is crucial um, for a defensive guy. Because third down, everybody knows his pass, and, you know, that's the passing down or whatever. But being able to get a sack on first and second down is huge because those are usually run downs, and those are extra times you get to rush the passer. And I do feel that, like you said, when you do have obvious pass situations, we aren't very elite in getting to the quarterback fast. Um, like this seems like they are, like it's the same people, but – I don't know if it's like they are loud or have a different mentality. Right, right. Um, but I do understand the numbers are different. But also, I guess it depends on the situation of the game. Like, did they get up early? It's a lot of little factors that come into play. But I do know that you can't have a guy that's, hey, look, your only job is to rush the passer. Because I do feel that uh, that will then become a me guy. And mm. that's not how you play as a Raven. You play within the structure of the defense. But at the same time, they do give you – you're always allowed to go make a play. The question is, make a good play, not right. a bad one. Right. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. All right, AD, before I let you go, we got to talk about Lamar. Um, man, you know, he, the, 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 the folks in Vegas have him like seventh on the list in terms of MVP odds this season, which seems unbelievable to me considering everything he has been asked to do with so little in the running game and, and the fact that this team with all these injuries is six and two. Um, how unbelievable to you is what Lamar is doing really, Ben? Even even on days where it looks like he's struggling, right, on Sunday where he didn't play all that well in the first half, and then all he did was just play brilliantly the rest of the game in order to lead the team back to win a football game. Right. Well, the, the, the ability to have – yes, uh, the ability to have um, – a consistent person at quarterback is very crucial. Uh, being seventh, I don't know who's in front of him. I haven't seen that list. I mean, it's the t- it's um, the guys you think Tom Brady and and Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. I mean, they're all really good players. I want to give that right. That I, I, I think Josh Allen will probably go down uh, this week or whatever it is. Right. Um, and then a lot of times it also you have to look at your opponents of why he struggled. You know, what are the defenses he's been through? Um, but again. It's not surprising to me because, again, it's, when they look at how Baltimore has, has won, you look at the Detroit game. We struggled, um, and then we had one drive that we were, then we kicked the field goal, he hit the upright. The guy came in, blew the air, blew the ball through. <laughs> and so when you look at those things, I, I feel that they're looking at how the Ravens are winning. Uh, and so you don't get a chance to choose the people that are around you or anything but at the same time, they do look at your uh, quarterback rating and all the other stuff. So I don't, I don't think it's a big thing. I don't think it's. Um, no, I uh, agree with that. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think it's right. I don't care. I, that, I don't care. I, <laughs> but but we still need to rep- recognize what it is that Lamar is doing. Yeah. Well, 
that is so that's a that's a fan deal uh from a player perspective is for me is how good is he getting from week to week sure and how how am i taking something that ailed me last year or the week before or the beginning of the year and how i how have i improved on that i could care less about the the mvp that would take care of itself but from a team perspective the way that Lamar can help the team is simply, again, is being more secure with the ball. Um, and so that is just, again, my opinion. Being, you know, two hands on the ball in the pocket, um, the possession of the ball is so important in this game because there's nothing you can do without it. You can't score points without the ball in your possession. And so it's critical that when you have it, you must take care of it. And that's not only for Lamar, it's other guys as well. But he's had an issue with maintaining, holding on to the ball in in several games. And so, to me, as a as a as a former player, I'm critical of that aspect because although it hasn't cost us um, the big picture, it will cost you if you don't improve on it. And I haven't really seen any improvement from last year to this year, and that concerns me. Just because, uh, again, just because I know he wants to be better at it. Uh, he's a great teammate. He, you know, he's a great leader. He, he does the things that he's supposed to do. And that's more of a conscious thing of practicing two hands on the ball. And I don't know if you get in the game and be like, okay, I'm not sure, if, you know, trying to make a play. And sometimes just taking a sack is, is the best thing to do because you punt the ball and you try to make a play. So I do understand that, but – being able to be conscious and being very intentional and securing the ball is one of the most important things I feel that he can improve on as well as his touch passes on, you know, between 17 to 25 yards to drop it over someone's head. It's kind of like he did the Detroit game, which was beautiful. So I know it's there. I know he has the skill set. It's fact of can he do it consistently. And, you know, those are the things that I feel would help. Baltimore help Lamar help everyone overall. I uh, do it again. That's just from my uh, image uh, amateur position. <laughs> I understand. In the meantime, it's been all right. In the meantime, it's still been pretty yeah. good. What he's been doing. Oh yeah, he's been. Yeah. Listen, he's been outstanding. Yeah. He's he's, been, he's he's done everything that he was supposed to do. He's went out and won games. Ugly. He's won them nice. Yep. He's been electrifying throwing the ball. He's been electrifying and passing the ball. I do want him to stop taking hits. I want him to slide more. You know, and, and, and I know this, his position is kind of tough to do that sometimes because I don't feel that he gets some of the liberties of um, some of the things that, that yeah. you know, that some of the other people do. When you look at uh, when they push when they push the guy with two hands, um, Aaron Donald pushed the guy with two hands the other day, and they called a foul. Yep. And he was already in the air when he threw the ball. And just because he pushed him, they called a, you know, a rough and a passer. I mean, it's it's really getting um, uh, kind of bad. So. Uh, we're not going to disagree about that, and uh, and don't even get me started on what happened last night in that taunting call. My God, what oh, a, what an oh my God. what an embarrassment that was. That's, dude, dude, the ref the ref bumped into the I, bro. It's the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. It's so Listen, embarrassing. The ref, the ref must be suspended. The ref must be suspended because if I bump a ref. Intentionally, you're getting I am correct. That's a good point. That's a very good point, suspended. right? No question. He should be suspended. He should be held to a higher standard. He is a professional, and everything else. So if I make contact with a ref, 
he should be suspended at least three weeks. I, at least three weeks. I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. All right, at Adelius Thomas on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Uh, Grill 620, of course, in Ellicott City. Get down there. Check out brunch on Sunday. It's unreal. AD, it's so great to catch up with you, brother. I always appreciate our conversations, man. Let's do this again soon, all right? All right, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Dalius Thomas, check in with us here on GCR. Always love our chats with him. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in. Our buddy Pete Medhurst is going to join us. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mothers in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Ravens prizes. I love you more than gumball. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you don't tailgate trucks brought to you by the maryland department of transportation state highway administration the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover mike ashley dives in on 20 seasons for brenda freeze as the head coach of the maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward plus we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every d1 program in the area and the very first baltimore interview with elijah green the son of former raven eric green who could well be the Orioles pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. 
It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, back in here on GCR, a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, if you missed 699 Burgers last night, shame on you. Every Monday, 699 Burgers at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game on Thursday, I would get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill because they've got 599 chili nachos every Thursday. Dine in or order your favorites online at glorydaysgrill.com. Glorydaysgrill.com is also where you find a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. So just a couple of thoughts real quick. One, I brought up the there's all this hullabaloo about Lamar Jackson and the MVP thing and him being seventh among uh, candidates uh, in these lists from Las Vegas. I genuinely don't care. And it's not because I, I don't. It would bother me if Lamar Jackson maybe had this type of season throughout the course of the year and for whatever reason people attempted to ignore it. I don't believe that's going to be the case. We're halfway through the year. Literally last night was the halfway point of the NFL season. Who cares who Vegas thinks the MVP frontrunner is at the halfway point of the season? It's, it's irrelevant. Could not matter less. So I'm not concerned about that. Does not bother me in any way. Just cannot get worked up about it no matter how hard I try. There are real things to be worked up about. This is not one of them. This is just something that uh, we, we create some sort of faux outrage about in order to try to, to get attention or to get clicks or whatever it is. This is not an actual concern. Secondarily, with that being said, I know a lot of people are bothered by the announcement last night of the finalist for Rookie of the Year. And I get it. The season that Ryan Mountcastle had, it seems insane that he wouldn't be one of the top three vote-getters for AL Rookie of the Year. A lot of people would say it's insane that Ryan Mountcastle just wouldn't be Rookie of the Year. I hear it. I mean, I, I, I understand that. Um, I am in a weird... I'm in a weird place because... This is what happens when a team is really bad. And I and I try to say that understanding it shouldn't be that way. And I'm 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 dealing with two different things here. The merits of someone's performance if for an individual award should be based on their performance. The award for rookie of the year is not who's the best player on the best team, which is typically what we've allowed things like the Heisman Trophy and the MVP to be. The award for Rookie of the Year is just who's the top first-year player in that league. So, Ryan Mountcastle, the numbers would suggest he's very deserving of being Rookie of the Year or at least being a candidate for Rookie of the Year, one of the top three. But this is the reality of a team being really bad. Fewer people are paying attention. The Tampa Bay Rays are really good this year. Because of that, people are paying attention to Wander Franco. People are paying attention to Randy Arozarena. The Chicago White Sox are really good this year. When a team's really bad, and the Orioles, of course, were, you know, a kind of historic level of bad, it is difficult to get 
attention on anything that any player is doing. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't diminish anything that Ryan Mountcastle did this season. But that's the reality of it. Do I think Ryan Mountcastle was probably deserving of being a top three? Yes, I think that. Am I stunned that he was left off? No, because the Orioles were terrible. And because when a team is terrible, it's harder to get attention on things like this. He was voted the uh, the, rookie by the players. players. And I think that, like, look, I'm not taking silver linings here, but you could argue that that's more important of an award. It's not. It's definitely not. Well, like but, the Rookie but, of the Year award is the one that matters. Right, but, but that's voted on by the Baseball Writers Association But it's the one that everybody cares about. Like right, nobody, ev- No one knows who the Rookie of the Year was that was voted on by the players a year ago. The players' awards have never been something that anybody actually cared my, about. Yeah, but, but my whole point is that your, your contemporaries, the people that you're playing with every it's, day, it's neat. I'm, uh, it's a neat, they thought you were the Rookie that's of the a, Year. That's a neat thing. It's a neat thing to have. Got, you know, and he's got that. That's a neat thing to have. It doesn't... It, it, None of this really matters. No, it doesn't change does. anything about what Ryan Mountcastle did this season or what he might do next year or anything along those lines. Is it frustrating because when things are really bad, you'd, you'd like to have something that's pleasant and positive, and Ryan Mountcastle was that thing, and you think he was deserving of being a candidate for Rookie of the Year 100%. Does it actually matter? No. And it's the nature of how up against it you are when you're a really bad baseball team. It's very difficult to be this bad and have people get, and get attention. It's very difficult to do. That's the reality. That's it. That's all I can give you. So I'm. Th- do I think he should have been? Yes. Am I all that worked up about it? No. It's it's the nature of the beast, man. And all that really matters is how does Ryan Mountcastle perform moving forward. Is our buddy Pete Medhurst there? Are we good? You know, we're what's what's yeah, going on? He just got admitted. Just give me a second. All right. We'll, 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 we'll bring up Pete Medhurst, who's going to join us this morning here on GCR. Looking forward to having this conversation. It has been. Far too long. A couple people have checked in during the course of the morning from uh, Dan. Dan echoes Adelius Thomas' statement uh, about the uh, ref deserving to be suspended for last night. I, it was Tony Carrenti, I believe, was who was working the game. Pete, you there? I am. You know a thing or two about this. I, I, Adelius Thomas says, I think Tony Carrenti should be suspended because he made contact with the player, and if a player makes contact with an official, that player would get suspended. What do you think of that? 100% right. Because when you look at it, it really appears, first of all, he threw the flag under the guise of taunting, but Glenn, he didn't throw the flag until, you know, he backed up and kind of hip checked him. Right. You know, as he was running by. And if you watch NFL football enough, and I love officiating, as you know, because I do softball at a fast pitch softball and I do basketball can't do football because I'm broadcasting it usually during the course of the year. But Tony Carrente loves to talk on the microphone. No one loves to talk on the microphone more right now amongst the NFL referees now that Ed Hockley is retired than Tony Carrente. You watch any one of the games his crews officiate. It's as if Tony and his crew call more flags than anybody. And I know we've got some metrics to check that out. Right. It, it really seems as if when their crew is out there, they call a ton of flags. And last night, I thought I the player for the Bears is making no movement toward Tony. Tony's the one that backs up into him. Yep. And the only thing is, Glenn will, will probably not know unless the NFL decides to do something that they don't normally do. 
and that's be transparent and say that they've taken some disciplinary action because you're right. If that's a player that initiates that contact, that player's going down for a game and probably $25,000. Tony Corrente, at minimum, in my opinion, should go down for a game check here uh, with, with his actions last night because I thought his actions were the ones that precipitated the contact. And look, the Bears, the Bears were an undisciplined football team. Lining up in the neutral zone. Oh, it's insane, right. Times the way they did, that's on them. But that flag, especially at the time that it came, was such a backbreaker and the bears still found a way at one point to come back and get a lead. Unfortunately, the Steelers had the last possession for them. He is Pete Medhurst. You of course know him as the voice of Navy athletics, as well as a host on uh, 980 in DC every afternoon with Chris Russell. He's with us back with us here on GCR. Pete, do you think this could be the moment that breaks the taunting thing? Like we, we see this in the NFL sometimes where there is an over, uh, emphasis that was placed on something in particular, right? And and something particularly egregious occurs, and it's what forces change. Do you think that this could be the moment that forces a reckoning when it comes to this taunting thing that has been way over the top since it was, uh, you know, the emphasis was put in during the course of the offseason? I don't, I don't think, you look, I mean, as fans and people that watch the game, sure, we want taunting gone. The problem is, if you listen to the people who speak the loudest about it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out where that's coming from. Older white males, 60 plus for the most part, who are, you know, talking about the taunting all the time. And look, we have to we have to take into account, you know, punching a guy in the face on the sideline, going face mask to face mask with him after a hard tackle or something. That's one thing, but guys getting up and spontaneously celebrating plays is what we, we want. Coaches tell their players play with great energy and enthusiasm. The league though, with this rule is trying to neuter some of that enthusiasm and it runs counterintuitive to what coaches consistently preach to their players in athletics. Yep. We want, we want you to be great. We want you to have fun. Unfortunately, the the rule and the way it's being interpreted in many instances is just going way too far uh, right now in the National Football League, and it's affecting games. Like last night, it affects the game considerably in that situation. Now, was Cassius looking over at the Steelers bench? Because remember, he was on their yep. practice squad, okay? Yep. Looking in that direction? Sure. But he's 40, you know, 40 yards away or so in the middle of the field. It's not like he's over there, you know, flipping him the double bird or anything like that. So that's a play you just got to let go. You call a 15-yard penalty. The, the, the Steelers are getting ready to punt, and instead they get another possession. Uh, and that's, that's, that's how it affects the game, unfortunately, in a situation like that. I just feel like this should be the moment that forces everybody. Like, th there's a call back to the room like, all right, we, we got to think about this a little bit more. We got to have a, a deeper conversation. My, Mike Pereira made the argument to me that, like, the reason why you have to do this is because this is what starts fights, right? Like, that fights come because it begins with somebody doing something like this. And then somebody on the other sideline is pissed off about it. They take a cheap shot. We all saw what happened, right, in the um, uh, the, the Nuggets game last night with uh, Nikola Jokic. Like, th th it's, this is what starts 
the problem. And so we've got we to gotta nip it in the bud before it ever gets carried away. And I get the argument, right, like that the refs want to have better control of a football game to avoid fights. I get that concept. But to the point of altering games because someone's showing emotion, I, it's just, as you point out, this ended up being a massive moment during the course of a game. And I get it, like, it's not on, it, we, we try to say the call is the call is the call, no matter when it happens during the course of a game. If that's what you're going to call in the first quarter, you got to call it the same way in the fourth quarter. But I just feel like the adults should be able to get into a room and say, okay, this isn't working. This isn't the way we wanted it to be. The concept that we had, it's being adjud- over-adjudicated. We've got to do something about it and have a conversation with everybody about how we go with it moving forward. Okay, case in point, last night's play, it's one guy in the middle of the field, okay, it, it, who's not making any gestures, nothing. He's not pointing. Like, even if he points at the Steelers bench like, yeah, yeah, see, I can play this game. If he does that, Glenn, under the rules, I can buy that. Right. Okay. Right. This is guy standing there looking over at him. Now, if you want to, to me, taunting, if you want to get in the act of a player or player A engaging with player B on another team and, and doing something, the guy holding the ball out as he's going into the end zone back at the defensive back who he's just burned, something like that, something that's directly involving one player and another. Because as Mike talks about, and yes, Ron Rivera spoke about this earlier this year, and we debated it on our show. Yes, we're trying to eliminate the fights, the brawls, the thing, you know, things of that nature. That's an ugly look for any sport. But when it's one guy spontaneously in the middle of the field, as long as he's not pointing at your bench or pointing at a player or something like that, that's the kind of stuff we got to let go, man. We got to let that get that. That can't be. That, that can't be flagged uh, the way that occurred last night. Now, if I'm up in your grill going, yeah, I just knocked you back for seven yards. Right, I'm, right. But yeah, take that. See, Glenn Clark, I got right. you, Hoss. Right. That's taunting. And then, yes, by by all means, you can throw the 15-yard the flag. What on. you guys don't know is actually when Pete and I are working the same events, he actually does that after the game. He's <laughs> all up in my face. He's like, you see how I called that game, Clark? You can't call a game like that. It's, it's not That's not remotely true at all. I want to make that very clear. Not remotely <laughs> true. Um, no, and I, I exactly. And so imagine you, like you are trying to litigate emotion out of a sport that is that is a, a car crash every week. That is that is the most physical sport that exists, and you're trying to lit- litigate emotion out of it. There has to be a line at which we say, okay, we can understand standing over a guy screaming in their face is different than just moving, looking towards the sideline. We've got to be capable as adults of understanding the differences in these things and why one definitely definitely should not be called. Um, he is Pete Medhurst. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I've got a lot of stuff I want to cover with you, Pete, and, and we'll talk about Navy here in a minute. Uh, I want to talk some college hoops with you, obviously, as the hoop season gets underway. Pete is actually delaying his drive down to Charlottesville in order to do this with us this morning, and I appreciate that. Um, but give me a thought on we, – we're at the – last night officially is the halfway point of the NFL season, right? Um, mm-hmm. Who's actually good? Who, who are we actually confident in in the National Football League after watching half of a season and watching a bunch of the teams that we thought we were good lose inexplicable games the last couple of weeks? I'm not sure anybody's elite. I do believe that when you look at the top of each league, I think we have some people that exhibit traits that could make them elite by week 15, 16, 17. 
heading into the postseason. We have the the one you know underlying theme with all of these teams is everybody's got quarterbacks right now that are up at the top. I mean that there's there's no you know people talk about uh, you know Washington struggles this year because they don't have a quarterback. Uh, that can play at that level. You you look at the teams at the bottom. Detroit hasn't won a game. Why? Right. Jared Goff. Right. You know, not good enough. We look at the top. You know, you look over in the a the NFC first. I mean, you know, even though they didn't have Kyler Murray this week, Arizona's win throttling San Francisco the way they did was really eye opening to me. It's one of the great things we can never figure out about this game. Cliff Kingsbury fired at Texas Tech for being an under five hundred coach. He won five games his final year there. Somehow, some way, they hire him in Arizona, and he's got that club at eight and one. I mean, it's a it is it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That, that that's that's the thing that that's probably the most unique about uh, this season. Otherwise, the Rams made a move for Matt Stafford. They're all in. They're trading draft picks like George Allen used to uh, back in the seventies, with no regard for human life. Bringing in veterans, we'll see what kind of an impact Von Miller can make with them starting. Uh, next week which is already a, a very good defensive front so you know you you look at it the arizona the rams we all thought the nfc west was going to be great frisco and seattle have had issues uh, out the wazoo so they've fallen off green bay with rogers is uh, what it is minnesota's the team that i can't figure out that's a team that's up 24 10 in baltimore on sunday but as i was doing a show sunday afternoon Three o'clock Eastern time, my co-host Quentin Mayo and I were talking. I'm like, okay, which one of the teams that are behind? Because a lot of teams are behind two scores. I said, which team behind two scores do you think is going to win? And I said, Baltimore. Yeah. Because Soda always finds a way uh, to, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the person that's in the HOV lane when HOV expires and they get the ticket. And, I, you know, I, I just, they, they're the ones that run through the speed camera. You know, it goes flashing. They get the ticket in the mail. They open it up. They go, oh, I didn't know I ran the red light. Uh, <laughs> They lose games in amazing fashion uh, right now. And you just knew as ugly as Baltimore played on Sunday that they were going to find a way. And, and they did. And that's the, that's the difference between being good right now, Glenn, and very average. Uh, because good teams figure out a way. Average teams can't close the deal. So, um, you know, I look in the AFC, I, I'm, I'm hoping what Buffalo did was a blip on the radar screen, but man, uh, it was the other Josh Allen that, that played the better football game uh, on Sunday. What a wacky deal that was. Yep. Interception, recovery, and a sack of the Josh Allen uh, in that game. So is anybody, is anybody elite right now? No. Are there a lot of teams that are good? Which means I think anybody maybe in the top five of the AFC or NFC right now, if any of those top five teams represented those conferences in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised. So let's see how the second half of the season continues. And look, you know as well as I do, injuries uh, will often tell the tale here in the second half of the season for a lot of these no clubs. No question. Will, some, will somebody get hot over those last three or four games of the season, find that rhythm, and be able to carry it into the playoffs? Window Nation's best offer ever will be over at the end of the month, so you need to rush to take advantage of it right now. Two free windows with every two purchase, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, no interest payments for two years. The cold weather is here. Natural gas prices are high. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Pete, there's two things i got to follow up that with. One, what you're alluding to is exactly why in Baltimore. I think that any any franchise that goes through what the Ravens have gone through injury-wise and losing – your top two running backs and Marcus Peters and half your offensive line, 
19 significant injuries, including Deshaun Elliott, who's now down for the year after this week, you would say that there's just no way you can't overcome something like that. But what you're talking about with the, the nature of there just not being these overwhelmingly dominant teams leaves us saying, well, yeah, if you've got an MVP caliber quarterback and, and he's capable of, of pulling off Houdini acts every week, maybe you can. The odds are still going to be against you because it's still a lot to have to overcome and to, to patch up as the season goes on and playing good teams. But, you know, you're sitting here at 6-2 and two and – You've won these many games despite everything you've been through. I don't know. Why, what's the reason why the Ravens couldn't be the team that could make that type of run? Because Lamar, if Lamar can have the 37 for 43 performance passing, they can be that team. But if he has the 18 for 33 type performance, then they're not going to be. The problem is he's running for his life a lot, as you mentioned, because of the offensive line injuries. But what they can do because of Lamar, ironically enough, is possess the football. And what better way to cover up your injuries in the secondary than to play complementary football by possessing it on offense, keeping your defense out there uh, a lot less time. And like I said, when you look at the other teams, when you look at the other teams, you know, Buffalo showed you this week they're still a little immature. Granted, they didn't have Mongo Feliciano on the offensive line. That clearly hurt them because Josh Allen was under siege in that game uh, by Jacksonville. Cincinnati has showed us their immaturity uh, the last two weeks and kind of regressed to the mean of maybe who they really are. Uh, test for Zach Taylor now, if he's going to survive there as a head coach. Right, he's right. getting, uh, there. Cleveland showed us signs of life this week by killing Cincinnati. Uh, Denzel Ward set the tone right away with a 98-yard interception return. So when, when I look around, you know, the Chiefs are not daunting by any stretch of the imagination. The Raiders stepped in a pothole this week. So who who's who's the one matchup out there that Baltimore can't, you know, can't get a victory against? I don't see that team out there that exists that Baltimore can't beat. So will they need some things to happen you know, if they go on the road to a Buffalo, uh, you know, Buffalo's a great environment. Uh, Cleveland will be a tough environment, but Baltimore's not going to have to go there in the playoffs unless they just collapse and Cleveland somehow goes by them. So I don't, I don't see an environment and I don't see a team that Baltimore can't beat right. as long as Lamar stays upright and healthy right now. And then the, you were just making this joke about the Vikings, so I have to tell you about this. So I this summer went to the beach and – I thought I had our Easy Pass unit in my car. Apparently, it was in my wife's car at this point. So I got, um, I got, a, I missed a four dollar toll in Delaware, and mm -hmm. they they just sent me a bill for the full four dollar toll that I missed. What what do you think they they think that I should pay for missing a four dollar toll in Delaware, Pete Medhurst? Probably fifty four dollars now. Yeah. No. How about ninety one? Ninety one dollars. Wow is what the state of Delaware thinks I'm going to pay them for skipping that toll. And I just want to make it very clear. I don't care if the governor of Delaware is watching right now. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pass on paying your $91 fine. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm happy to pay the $4. How, how late is the bill? I don't know. I just got the thing in the mail last week, Pete. I went to the beach in July. And I just got the thing in the mail last week that I had missed a toll. And I was like, ah, that's a, you know, whatever. I mean, like. I, I'm happy to pay the toll. I got no problem with that. But they think I'm going to pay them $91 yeah, for missing should, a toll. 
you should fight that because you, if you, as long as just prove to them, hey, this is the first notice I've gotten from right, you all. Right. Oh, oh, there's zip zero. I'm, chance. I'm, hey, yeah. worst comes to worst, you know, the president's from Delaware. Get <laughs> call the, get Joe Biden on it. Yeah. Maybe he can waive your eighty-seven dollars in excess tolls. Yeah, as you know, we're close personal friends, so I can I can reach out and, and take advantage of that. <laughs> I couldn't, bro. I'm like this is I I want to post something about it too on social media. Like I'm I'm wondering who just responds and says, okay, sure, I'll go ahead and pay you that ninety-one dollars right away. Like if that's a scam that actually works, I've got to take advantage of that somehow. Well, I've hey, got to get look, in. Look, dude, you can't get tags and stickers sometimes. Uh. They hold you on that stuff man so you know that that's the only bad thing eventually somebody starts to hold you hostage from your tags and your stickers if you do that yeah we'll figure it out it ain't gonna be 91 bucks i know that much it ain't gonna be 91 bucks hey um uh, as we wrap up this first hour of the show pete i wanted to give you a chance i i said something on twitter on saturday i i know you know it's disappointing navy football is gonna not reach a bowl game this year and you know it's it's got to be frustrating but i Man, when I watched it, like even the game on Saturday and how long they were in that game at Notre Dame and the way they competed against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago, and I got to enjoy, I got to listen to you guys because I was on the road that day, um, and the chance they had after they recovered the onside kick. I, I, it's tough for me to say because I feel like when you say something like, hey, I still think that there's this is a well-coached team that's putting all the effort in there'd be somebody that would turn back and say yeah but they're not winning any games so why does that matter right like and so i don't know the appropriate way to say it in the way that what happened a year ago with not being able to practice impacted them um how do you describe a team that is clearly still in it and competing and battling and not giving up but the results just aren't going their way this season i mean it, it happens sometimes to football teams and if you look at the quality of the seven game stretch they just played. It's the toughest schedule by far Navy's ever played and playing two top 10 teams. One of them, you lose by seven. You you're 17, six going to the fourth quarter with the other one, SMU and Houston, who are two very good football teams. You lose by one score. You beat UCF. Who's been a, a powerhouse in the American, but they were without Dylan Gabriel. You come from, Hey, the triple option can't come from behind. Well, they came from, you know, 17 down to win that game in the fourth quarter. So you look at the quality of the teams that they played. They beat Tulsa at Tulsa, who just had Cincinnati very nervous. Uh, nine plays inside the 10-yard line this past Saturday night and somehow That's couldn't unreal. punch it. Up. It was unreal. Yeah. Uh, to watch what a crazy ending that was. But that's, I mean, that's who our kids are. You know, we got a lot of young kids playing. Got a lot of local kids playing. Jacob Busick out of Westminster, uh, the former Al, playing great football uh, right now. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's it, it is what it is. And I mean, it's a re culture, coaches tell you, it's a results-oriented business. That's what I love about Kenny and Matsalolo. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, sugarcoat anything. You know, the results are what they are. But the fact that our kids keep coming back and they're going to, they're going to play strong over these last, uh, three ball games that they have left with East Carolina, Temple, and Army. Um, you know, basically, Army becomes their bowl game this year as uh, they try to get a victory against the Black Knights. And I know these kids will play uh, their rear ends off uh, each and every week. All right, he's Pete Medhurst. going to stick around for another segment. We're going to talk some college hoops as the season gets underway tonight. We're going to do that when we come back in on the other side. Today's show also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're not playing Underdog Fantasy Football, I'd encourage you to sign up right now. Use the code PRESSBOX 
and we will match your deposit up to $100. It's not just the daily and weekly fantasy games that you've grown accustomed to with other sites. It's also parlays and player props and things that make you feel like betting because the state of Maryland still hasn't gotten off their ass when it comes to sports betting. Not that, you know, it bothers me. Go right now, underdogfantasy.com, or download the Underdog app. Again, use the code PRESSBOX. We will match up to $100 of your deposit for you to have for free to play with on Underdog Fantasy Football. More with Pete Medhurst next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we're will be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. That first sip. <sighs> that first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year, DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, Project Game Day returns this Thursday night. It'll be myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, for a late night after Baltimore-Miami. Of course, I'll be with you at halftime as well. Both shows, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Postgame show, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio as well. Project Game Day brought to you by Glory Days, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. Project Game Day every game day this season. Pete Medhurst is with us this morning, of course. The uh, voice of Navy Athletics, as well as uh, 980 in D.C., you hear him every afternoon with Chris Russell. Um, I know you're getting down to uh, Charlottesville a little bit later on today, pal. It was a bummer of a way for the season to end for the Navy basketball team a year ago after an outstanding regular season um, to go through the stuff they went through. I know there's a lot to replace. Give me a, a thumbnail on expectations for this Navy basketball team and sort of the Patriot League as a whole. Yeah, without question. The fact that they had such a great regular season, could not go into the postseason with their best player, uh, was really heartbreaking to watch for a club that had done so much last year. Just about everybody is back but Cam Davis, uh, for the most part, uh, on that team. Alec Lair also graduated. Luke Lair graduated. He finished the year hurt and wasn't able to play either. So that was another critical injury they had uh, at the end of last season. So the expectations are high. I mean, they're picked third in the Patriot League. I think that's fair uh, based on what they have returning. And now, you know, certainly the spotlight goes on John Carter Jr., the uh, senior uh, guard out of Spring Hill, Tennessee. has got to be good uh, for them. He's got the ability to uh, really score the basketball in a lot of different ways. And if he can play uh, relatively consistent for them on the perimeter, Richard Njoku, and obviously Daniel Deaver inside. It's a dynamic combination that the mids have and the pivot. So with, you know, those three and Greg Summers, who's, you know, the ultimate utility knife, uh, the guy scores in so many ways. There's nobody in the Patriot League that can defend him and keep him in front of him. He's so good at getting to the basket, finishing with both hands. They've got a great core coming back. The question is, will the newcomers be able to chip in and help out? If they can get some bench production, I think the mids are going to be around. Uh, for a good portion of the Patriot League season. Certainly going to be battle-tested. I know that. First week, baby, Virginia, oh. Virginia Tech, and Louisville. Yeah. Hello. That's, uh, we just scheduled an ACC schedule. At the we joined the Atlantic Coast Conference at some point. My you know, word, so. man. That is that is brutal. Uh, what else interests you in the early portion of college basketball season, Pete? What I know, obviously, there's the big event tonight on ESPN with all the top teams, but what else are you interested in seeing in the early portion of college basketball season? I, I want to see. I just want to see what it looks like with – people back in buildings and the, the sport that we know returning in some capacity, like, you know, these, these two games tonight at Madison square garden. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that, that's, you know, we're used to seeing Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Michigan state. Uh, we know Duke for whatever reason, when Duke goes to the garden, uh, Duke is darn near unbeatable. Uh, but you know, that's, I, I want to see what it looks like for Mike Krzyzewski in his final year. And say, I know from a fan's standpoint, if you're not a Duke fan, you look at it from a different prism than I do. But what he's done at Duke, the way he's done it for so many years after, look, there are a lot of ADs that would have canned him after his first three years there in Durham. They stayed the course, they showed the patience, and they've had one of the best programs in the country uh, since then. Want to see what that's going to look like. What is, you know, can Gonzaga continue i mean there are a lot of people think gonzaga's best team in the country again 
Uh, let's see if they can do that. Clearly a distraction early in the season, uh, you know, for coach few who will have to answer questions each time he comes to the podium, you know, probably in November. Yep. yep. But you know, who's the team coming, who's the team coming from off the radar? How does Hubert Davis do down at North Carolina? Um, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised that that's where North Carolina went with the job, at least globally, internally, they always love to keep it in the Carolina family. So, uh, let, let's see, let's see what Carolina looks like under Hubert Davis. They've already had some victories in recruiting, uh, since hiring coach Davis. So we'll see if that can translate now, uh, to on the court, uh, for them. But I, I just, I'm just glad to see the sport back with people being able to enjoy it, see it and see those great environments. Uh, that we see each and every night in college hoops. There's a couple of things that jump out at me there. One, how, how is Drew Timmy only 21 years old? He looks like he's 37 <laughs> when he's on the basketball floor. Like, just look at that. I said, that's that's an adult man. Like, that's someone but, who could but have. See, that's, but see, Gonzaga's one of the few joints where yeah. people stick around for a few years in college basketball anymore. Usually, right. it's all the big-faced AAU-looking kids at Kentucky. <laughs> and, uh, Duke, even under Krzyzewski, finally fell under the spell of uh, one and dones after fighting it. Uh, for so long so those baby faces don't ever have a chance to grow up by the time they grow up they're in the nba so uh, a guy like drew timmy uh tends to stick out a little different a Corey kispert who's playing for the wizards now yep. uh, that, that played at, at gonzaga so that that's why that happens because we we don't see those guys stick around uh basketball an awful lot anymore. I, I'm, I'm ready for drew timmy on senior night to have his 13 year old son walk out on the floor <laughs> with him like it's unbelievable <laughs> Um, so, so it, 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 you bring up Mike Shashevsky, man. We, we had Greg Gumbel on a couple weeks ago because he was doing a Ravens game, and and he was talking about how most people seem to think this is the last year for Ben Roethlisberger and what that will look like when Ben Roethlisberger, if we know he's done and he comes to Baltimore at the end of the year, and, and Greg Gumbel was like, "I bet Ravens fans will give him a nice round of applause," and Ravens fans. Uh, did not respond well to Greg Gumbel saying that on this show. They were like, no, that won't be the case. And I have wondered about that because you're right. If you're not a Duke fan, you you typically kind of hate Mike Krzyzewski. It's, it's, as I've said before, Pete, it's not really about a Maryland thing to me. It's like a rallying cry for the country to root against Duke. It's like one of the few things we are so divided as people, as humans. We're a very divided group. The one thing you can do to get people back together is to say, hey, but you ate Duke, right? Yeah, me too, right? <laughs> like, it's the one thing that we have. And so I, too, wonder, like, when he when he goes to Clemson for the last time, when he goes to – is there a, a nice, you know, like, send-off for him, or is it just going to be nothing but, like, no, we hate this guy, we think he's a rat. Like, that's all that it's going to be. I think there are going to be respectful ovations for him in a lot of the places that he goes – this season and don't for a minute discount some of the Baltimore fan base. The Baltimore fan base is a knowledgeable fan base. They won't be cheering Ben Roethlisberger, but what they will be doing is respecting Ben Roethlisberger as a tough foe for so many years, because let's face it. The reason why the Ravens are the way they are is because they've had a natural foe sure. in the Pittsburgh dealers for so many years who's been the face of that franchise ben roethlisberger so i do trust that the baltimore fan base is knowledgeable don't look at it as cheering ben i think some of them will respect ben especially if that scoreboard is in the ravens favor as you know he may come off the field for the last time or as he walks toward that tunnel 
I think there will be a part of the Baltimore fan base yeah. that will show a little respect to Ben Roethlisberger. But don't think for one minute they're cheering that no, guy. No, there's, there's none not zero. Cheering him. Yeah. No, that no, doesn't no, happen. It's not going to you know? happen. But, but I, I think Baltimore's fan base respects good football. And part of the – I mean, what makes Baltimore Ravens football is what it is is it's natural rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm, 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 I, look, I, the reason the, the, the Ravens fans – and I, I, I reacted to this after there was this eruption on social media about what Greg Gumbel said. I said, look, man, I, I think that Greg Gumbel was trying to – like you are right now. I think he was trying to compliment Ravens fans and say, I think – that Baltimore's a really respectful, knowledgeable city and understands how significant Ben Roethlisberger has been over the years. And then the Ravens fans, of course, went back to, yeah, but what happened in that bathroom in Georgia, right? Like, And so I, I certainly understand why maybe it's a little bit different than it would be for other guys. I am... I, I I tend to line up with, I don't think there will be cheering, but I do think that there can be acknowledgement of, you know, boy, it's been unbelievable going up against this dude for the last couple of decades. Like, it's been truly incredible the series that has existed of games with facing this guy for the last 20 years here in Baltimore it's been there very few games uh you know Glenn that have lacked drama yep. in that series and it's because of the quality of the people coaching in that game yep and it's because of the quality of the people playing in that game you look at both organizations and this is why when I listen to Washington fans whine and cry all the time you know, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out. Look at the look at the continuity of both of these organizations. Yep. Both have been on the job for more than 10 years. You have uh, Pittsburgh. In the case of Pittsburgh, Mike's their third coach since 1969. It's really unbelievable. Yeah. Let that sink in a little bit. Do the math. Okay? That's even before I was born. And I'm an <laughs> old dude. Uh, so when you, when you think of what quality of ownership quality organizations all the way through do you get the results and the drama that we've had between pittsburgh and baltimore and i would i would go so far as to say over the last 10 years certainly maybe 12 the drama between those two organizations has gone unmatched by two other organizations in the national Yep. League. There's nothing like it yep. uh, in the league right now because those teams have been so erratic in their consistency that, you know, a natural rivalry has not really existed because to have a rivalry, both teams have to win. And that's what's happened in this rivalry between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And I think there are a lot of jealous fans around the country of both of these organizations that their teams don't look like that. Uh, on a daily basis. Let me, let me go back to college basketball for one more second. P. Medhurst is uh, hanging out with us this morning. Don't forget that every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens action this season. Single-game tickets are available right now at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I, you know, I, I don't know how much you guys, you know, it's, I, it, like, like in Baltimore, it's a pro-dominated market, but I know how much you care about college sports, and so I'm sure on your show, um, you end up having conversations. How do you guys talk about Mark Turgeon when you talk about him down there? Like, what? It, it's so difficult for me to do because it, it's so black and white to me. It's I think Mark Turgeon is a quality human. I think he runs a very respectable program. But this is college basketball at this level, and it's defined by one thing and one thing only, and that's what you do in March. It's the only thing that actually matters, and. 
nothing has been accomplished in March under Mark Turgeon. So it's a frustrating conversation to have because, you know, I, I, I was doing a hit in, with my buddy Saran in Kansas City the other day, and he's like, well, you know, Marin looks pretty good going into the year. And my response is like, yeah, nobody really kind of cares because they've won big games in the regular season and they've accomplished things, and that's all well and good. Wake me up when something happens in March that matters. And it's a difficult conversation to have because it feels like you're taking a shot at somebody and I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at him. It's just it's the nature of the beast. It, if you don't accomplish things in March, you're not doing anything. That's how college basketball works. Uh, that's precisely the point. It's As I said earlier, but we were talking about Coach Niamalolo. It's a results-oriented business. Coaches understand that. I think Mark understands that. Um, first of all, Mark's a phenomenal guy. I mean, my son, who's an assistant basketball coach, has worked his camp for years, tried to recruit his son uh, when he was uh, you know, on the recruiting trail. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, Mark's a great guy uh, that, that you won't find a better guy in the game. And, and look, let's face it. Mark is one of those guys. Mark does not seek out the spotlight like some coaches do. You know, he, he's not out there uh, like the Calipari's of the world who are constantly out in front, you know, talking to the media, smiling and profiling and things of that nature, which and that's fine. You can do that because that helps sell your program. Um, you know, I, I love the addition of Fats Russell for this team. It was so funny watching Maryland fans over the weekend going gaga about the way he was playing against Fayetteville State in the exhibition <laughs> game. I'm like, will ever watch the college basketball game before? Have you never heard of Fats Russell? Okay. Um, I think he's the kind of player that can make a difference in February and March for this team. And I, I like that addition for the club. He's a guy that's not going to be wowed by any of the moments. He's not going to be wowed by any of the environments that they're playing in. And I think Mark has a chance, you know, a couple of the transfers look at least on the surface until you see how they play in real games. Cause we're not, I mean, look, you play division two Fayetteville state. That's not a, that's right. not competition. Um, so until, until we see what they look like uh, in real games, and, and, you know, look, I, I don't even care how they look in November and December. Let, let's talk when they play in the Big Ten, okay, because that's what it comes down to. They, when they play in the Big Ten, let's see what it looks like uh, when they get to that point. You know, I mean, I, I'm looking at, you know, I was looking at Virginia's roster, ironically enough. You know, Indiana loses Armand Franklin to uh, Virginia when I was doing some of the prep work for this game I'm doing tonight. And I'm like, man, that's a that's going to be a significant loss for the Hoosiers. Um, you know, so let's see what it looks like when they get into the Big Ten. Uh, look, how do we talk about Mark Turgeon? It's kind of the same way you were talking about. It. It's a results-oriented business. We kind of, you know, chide our morning show host, uh, Kevin Sheehan, who's good friends with Turgeon, uh, talking about all the time Mark Turgeon, uh, who's always on the uh, Kevin not, Sheehan that's show. Not, but, that's um, not bad, by the way. That's not bad. <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark Turgeon. It's a results-oriented business, I know. Um, but it, I, I'm, I'm actually encouraged by what this team could look like in February – um, because of a guy like Fats Russell and just the fact that you need dudes in February and March that don't play afraid. Too many guys going to February and March playing afraid and playing out of control and undisciplined. And I think a guy, I think a guy like Fats Russell will bring some, some stability in key moments along with a guy like Eric Ayala. I mean, those guys have played a lot of games, Glenn, and you just like we were talking about with the Gonzaga guys earlier having guys that have played a lot of games means something, I think, uh, in February and March. Ironically, 
the one thing that I will say about Turgeon, it, it kind of sucked for him that he did not get to play out the Herder, Bruno Fernando group a little longer together. The fact that Herder's tearing up the NBA and just signed the big extension and stuff like that. I'm sure Mark is like, hey, Kev, can you donate some cash to the program with that extension? Thanks, buddy. Right. Had that group, <laughs> had that group been able to play out through their sophomore and junior year, maybe, like in Herder's case, it man, it, it might have looked a lot different for Maryland because that group had the potential yeah. to do some things, Glenn. But that's – look, the nature of the game, unfortunately, now is – you may only have that roster one year and you got to find a way to do something with it and make it happen on the fly. Or, you know, you're starting over again every year looking at the transfer portal. Uh, correct. And that, but that's the nature of college basketball now. Right. And that's the one thing that like yeah. when, people, when people bring that, that's the sport, you know what you're signed up for. Like, this is the job. This is what it requires. There's no, you know, I, I certainly can have some sympathy for the team that it looked like they, they might have had and, and what they could have accomplished the year of the, the COVID or the pandemic hitting, although like we all remember they were they were not playing great down the stretch that season. And so, you know, I, I don't know what was headed, uh, what was going to come in that NCAA tournament. But I mean, what, happens, what happens if Jalen Smith sticks around longer? And, right, and look, but, but that's Jaylen, the sport. Look, Jaylen's got, okay, Jalen's got money. Yep. Because first round pick. Yep. So he's got money. But – what kind of impact is Jalen maybe ever going to have in the NBA eventually? We don't know. Yep. Uh, he's playing on a great roster that he doesn't have to play. So the great thing about being paid and not playing is your body doesn't get taxed. And, you know, you can just chill and cash those checks uh, every week. But if he sticks around longer uh, with them, you know, how does it look having him, uh, you know, for an extra year or two? Uh, at, at the University of Maryland. I mean, it's just, that's, unfortunately, the game's just not played the same way uh, anymore. I wish they would just let the guys that want to go, go, and, you know, don't hold them back. If they feel they can play, you know, that way coaches really don't think they're going to have a guy for a year. They may have them for at least two, possibly even uh, three years, if you let those guys uh, just go to the NBA uh, right out of high school. All right, I want to before I let you go because I know you got to get down to Charlottesville. I'm wondering, and this is going to require. So I, I got a new Pete Medhurst is with us. Uh, Pete, I want to introduce you. This is our new producer and sidekick on the show. It's Paul Valley. Paul, say hello to Pete. And, and how you doing, Pete? I I, um, I want to have some fun, right? And Paul, you got to you got to tell me if you're willing to play along with this. All right. Sure. So Paul um, is interested in getting into broadcasting more, right? Mm-hmm. Pete, of course, not only the voice of Navy Athletics, but the voice of Big Ten Network Lacrosse, the voice of uh, – he's got a World Series ring as a broadcaster for the Washington Nationals. Um, The voice of – is it Rosecroft Raceway, Raceway, correct? Got it. Pete is as accomplished a broadcaster as there is in our region. And so I thought it might be fun if you tried out a home run call for Pete. Oh, man. For Pete to give you <laughs> maybe a little advice, you know, yay, something like that as you try to dip your toes more towards sports broadcasting. But as Nick Castellanos hits a long drive. But I, I think maybe we try to avoid that one. <laughs> although, although it's exactly the way that I was feeling during the entire interview with Aaron Rodgers on Friday. As I oh, kept man. thinking to myself, at some point there's a deep drive to left field as he goes on about MLK. <laughs> Uh, would you would you have fun? You could it'd be a Ryan Mountcastle home run. Sure. Try out a home run call, and we'll see what Pete Medhurst thinks about it. All right. Sure. All right. Um, here we go. This is Paul Valley, 
This is a man who is working. He wants to dip his toes into the world of sports broadcasting. We're going to try to help him out, get him some chances. Let's hear what a home run call might sound like. Ryan Mountcastle back at, back in the box right now. It's a 2-1 count on the rookie of the year snub here in the American League. Orioles down 2-1 here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Here's the 2-1 delivery to Mountcastle. And there's a swing and a long drive. Hit deep in the left field. The left fielder is going back. He's at the track. He's at the wall. And that ball is gone. All right, Pete, what do you think? That's pretty good considering it's so much harder to do it when you're doing it artificially and right. trying to without even really watching something. Um, and and uh, he's right, by the way. Nice editorial uh, comment within the play-by-play that Ryan Mountcastle, how, how he's not a finalist uh, for American League Rookie of the Year is just criminal. Um, so great use of editorialization. And not a bad home run call, considering you're having to do it with some false enthusiasm. I like it. There you go. <laughs> I would, I would put you, that sir. on your resume if I were you, Paul Val. That's Pete Metter saying that about you, man. That's that's valuable. <laughs> well, I'm I like, appreciate that. If I try to talk you up, people are like, who? who <laughs> who's that? <laughs> Pete Metter, that's noteworthy. All right. Sorry, we know people, Glenn. We can get him some games. Yes, there is the possibility <laughs> of that. I'm we all are, about it. We are, we are looking into something like that right now. Uh, speaking of which, this is this is how good of a man. Uh, for those, I love Pete Medhurst. Pete Medhurst has been a friend for a very long time. Uh, he's gotten me some opportunities over the years, some significant significant opportunities. He let me fill in for him with DC United a few times, which was really special. Uh, and then he helps me out. He bails me out when I'm in a bind. And Pete Medhurst, the same man who calls the Washington Nationals and has a World Series ring, is like, yeah, I'll come help you out and call a Stevenson hockey game for you on Saturday. That's the type of broadcaster that Pete Medhurst is. I love is. it, man. I, look, I'm tell, I tell, I, every time I talk to people, I tell them how good of a situation it is at Stevenson. It really is. Division One facilities, they have Division One want to, and, you know, that's, that's why I love coming up there to do the games is it's a tremendous – uh, and, and certainly for me, the chance to do hockey, which is kind of that, you know, donut in my resume. Um, you know, I, I love being able to come up there uh, and, and do that and work with the folks at Stevenson. They've always been great to us uh, through the years. Yep. And, you know, I mean, look, for the, with those facilities and with what they try to do each and every game, with what they try to accomplish, you know, they give you a D1 experience uh, with, with D3 budget, which is – frankly is is great to see because there are and i can tell you this you know glenn from being on the road in a lot of places there are some division one schools that do not put the effort into it that stevenson does and that's why it's it's easy for me to come up um you know and and do events at stevenson because you know i, I love what they do and I've already, you know, my daughter's in eighth grade and I'm already planting that seed about softball. I'm like, hey, Stevenson's got softball, wow. you know, they're on the road. Dad could come watch you play, That's you cool. know, stuff like that. So cool. uh, we'll see how it works out. We still got, you know, four more years to go for that. So wow. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's not a job I intend to leave anytime. I mean, unless somebody wants to offer me, you know, the, 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 the CBS wants to come calling. It's not a job I intend to leave. I love that place, man. It's a special no, place. You know, it's yeah. funny, though. People talk about that and, and like, you know, hey, what? what kind of job makes you want to leave and stuff like that. And I tell people all the time at Navy, I've got the greatest gig because I work in the greatest world. You know, I mean, I had some people that asked me, you know, Virginia just made a hire. Uh, Dave Kane took the Milwaukee Bucks uh, radio job. And there were a lot of people that were asking me, you know, Hey, you know, you're going to be, you're going to try and get the Virginia job. And, you know, I mean, I, I had one conversation with my wife and after that, I just, you know, it's, I got the best job. 
you know, cool. and it gives me the flexibility that I need. So um, it would take something incredibly special uh, to pull me away from the Naval Academy. Nice. I know that it's it's I, and that I completely understand because what a special place. And you're 100 percent right about that. All right, Matt, are you doing your show this afternoon or are you in the, in the car driving? What's what's the story for that? I be there in time to do the show. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. At Pete Medhurst on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, uh, Navy football, basketball, sometimes swimming, uh, water polo, whatever it is. Up with Rowdy Gaines in December, my friend. That's awesome, man. That's all. Aw- and he's the best. Love- my God, he's the best, man. He's unbelievable. That's so cool that you get to work with him. Um, and of course, uh, uh, afternoons on 980 in DC. Pete Madhurst, man, always have fun doing these with you, brother. Let's uh, let's 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 do it again real soon. All right, man. Thank you for taking the time for it. Not a problem, guys. Y'all have a great day. Take it easy, Pete. Pete Madhurst, uh, Navy Athletics play-by-play voice, 980 in DC. Uh, all around good guy, and uh, appreciate him, and always enjoy having fun and, and, and talking shop with him, and just talking uh, whatever we can. And that was uh, that was high praise. I would, if I were you, I'd put that on your reel, my friend. That's high praise from Pete Medhurst, who's a big deal in this world. I would put that on your reel, dude, if I were you. I would cut that audio up. I save was it. super nervous. Not, Man, I uh, wasn't expecting that. Under, understandably so. And I've kind of put you – by the way, completely put him on the spot. That was not – I didn't prepare that in any way. That was just something I was thinking about. I was like, you know, let's see how this goes. And you nailed it. Knocked it out of the, kn- knocked it out of the park. <laughs> there you go. Unintended. <sighs> fantasy show. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show returns Thursday morning, 1130 a.m. KZ will be here to set your lineups. Uh, I survived last night. Boy, I was nervous. Pittsburgh defense early on was not allowing anything. And if if they hadn't given up a touchdown and they had gotten a turnover, then I would have lost. But thankfully, they did give up a touchdown. I had a... I had Pittsburgh's defense, and the guy I was playing had a Friar Moose. Ooh, and, a nice uh, game last night. Yeah, yeah I, I I lost. I went zero and four this Ooh, week after week. going four after going three and one and four and one, four and zero oh the previous two weeks. Yeah, zero and four this week. week. It was bad. A rough week. I survived for a three and zero oh week, um, but uh, I'm still I'm still right around five hundred in every league. We'll talk about it with KZ on Thursday morning. Set our lineups. Discuss all the big topics. It's brought to you by CCBC as well as the Maryland Department of Transportation and Glory Days Grill, the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show, every Thursday morning, 11.30 a.m., facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. When we come back in, we are going to chat with Mike Nolan, uh, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach, now part of the Ravens broadcast crew. Get some thoughts from him about where the Ravens find themselves sitting at 6-2. and two. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. 
Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Thanks again to Pete Medhurst for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Mike Nolan's going to check in here in just a couple of seconds. College basketball season indeed gets underway tonight. I'll run through uh, the schedule when we get to Totally Tubular a little bit later on. Ravens installed as six-and-a-half or seven-point favorites against Miami. Depending on where you look, that sounds about right. It also sounds like a number that could still go up a little bit. Uh, we still don't know whether or not uh, Tua Tungavailoa is going to be back for the Dolphins. That's still to be determined. Over the course of the week, we will find out if he will be available uh, by Wednesday, we would assume. We will get that answer. Joining us now, he is, of course, part of the Ravens broadcast team, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach. Always a pleasure to catch up with our friend, Coach Mike Nolan, who's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much, as always, taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, Paul, great to be on with you. It's great. Always a pleasure. Everything's good, man. It's great to chat with you, Coach. Um, and, and remarkable, right? Like, it's truly remarkable what this team continues to figure out a way to do, even when they're not at their best, even when they're struggling, falling behind by multiple scores, looking imperfect. Somehow, some way, this team is figuring out ways to win games. What do you think you can most, you know, what, what is that most a testament to that this Ravens team continues to figure out ways to win games? 
Jeez, I, you know, I don't believe in luck, but I think they do have some. I think I'm, I think I'm being converted. <laughs> <laughs> As my father used to say, it's better to be lucky than good. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, you know, I, I think that uh, personally in watching their games and how they kind of go, I think at times they begin games and they are who they are and it shows and they get ahead and they just win the game. Then I think there's games where, where they really don't uh, – I'll give you an example, like offensively. Some, you know, sometimes I think they're trying to prove the passing game a little bit more than they need to when the team, team's really feared defensively is them just running right over top of them. And they get into it a little bit later, and in those cases, in my opinion, they, you know, they pull it out at the end, whether it's the Detroit game that they had to win at the very end or, or things like the other day. It's just uh, – uh, but that's what I kind of see more than anything else. When they just go out there and play their game, meaning – they do what they do, and they do it well. Um, I don't see the games being much of a contest uh, in those games. But the games where they come out, and, and, and in my opinion, they, they, they kind of do things that really are peripheral to their offense uh, or even defensively, um, then I, I see the games becoming more of where they allow their opponent to stay in the game. Cincinnati was a great example. And if you let people like that stay in long enough, you give them a chance to win because Cincinnati, as they've shown, are not a very good football team. But yet, we let them hang around long enough, and they and they pulled out a win. Mike, do you do you think this team can be a team that can use the pass to set up the run? It's it's an argument that I heard. That, you know, because I'm I'm with you. I, this team is asking too much of Lamar Jackson. They have to have their running backs be more involved. And I get it. It's not J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and there's not the same respect. But with that in mind. Because there's not the same respect, could it be that what we saw on Sunday, for example, when there was only five carries for running backs in the first half, and then both Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell ended up having big games the rest of the way, could it be that this team is well-suited to use the pass to set up the run, to make teams believe that they're going to be throwing the ball all day and that loosens things up for running backs that maybe aren't as dynamic as the group that we thought we were going to have coming into the season? You know, perfectly honest, no. Okay. I don't. Because the strength of their offense lies in their quarterback and his legs and their run game. And, look, I'm a firm believer that the best players typically win. I mean, if you've got good players, you'll win a lot of games. The Ravens have a lot of good players on both sides of the ball. And, and to go along with that, I'm going to say this. I believe that Greg Roman has one of the best running games and is probably the best run game coordinator there is in the league. And take pride in that, in my opinion. The thing that people – I know this firsthand. When you get ready for the Ravens, you aren't getting ready for the deep pass, although they've had some success, because half of those will get overthrown. You just need to stay on top of them. You're really worried about them running the ball and shoving it down your throat. That's what you're worried about. You're not worried about the other things. The other things, they'll come and go. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll dabble in them. Uh, and so to me, the, the thing that, that, uh, that's got my attention is that, like I said, they have this great running game. I don't care who the running backs are right now, personally. They already have a great scheme. They run the power game extremely well, probably better than anyone in the league. I'm talking about power runs where they're pulling people, which is what you saw the second half the other day. If you go back and watch the film, and you may or may not have, but you're going to see a ton of pullers. That means double-team kick out. You're wearing the front seven out for your opponent. And when they do that at any time in the season, at any time in preseason, they take command of the game. And then when they sprinkle in the zone read, it just makes it all that much better because now that's an entirely different ball game for the defense. So to stress people, uh, I think they continue to just do be who you are, run the ball, run it down people's throat until they say, hey, look, they either quit or they say, look, you know, we, we've stopped you and now you can go to your pass game. And they have a good pass game. But to, to 
answer your question in a very long set, I don't believe you set up in their case. I don't think you set up the run with the pass. I think you run it down people's throat. And when they, you know, and then you obviously you mix in your passes, they always do, whether it's the play action or the RPO or the quick game or screen or boot or whatever, um, mix that in. But, but my God, take, take command of the game early. Just, just run people over because they can do it and they do it extremely well. I mean, I, I know that's true and I know it's what they're built to do. I just, I, do you think that this is being held back by a lack of dynamicism? Dynamicism? Yeah, I talk for a living, coach, believe it or not. Dynamicism from the running backs. Do you think that this is being held back from them just not believing that these running backs are dynamic enough for them to be capable of establishing the run in that way? Look, at this, some people are going to disagree with this. But in their offense, in my opinion, when you have Lamar at quarterback, you do not need a dynamic back. If you have one, man, is that great. And they had one when the season began. They had a good backup. Obviously, they lost all these guys. They're proving, in my opinion, and they can prove week in and week out, they do not need a dynamic back. they got a great scheme. It encompasses so many different things. They're so stressful on a defense as far as what the defense can do to stop them. And once the defense starts committing all those people in the box to, to, to stop the run, now that passing game is wide open. you got one-on-ones on the outside. It just Because, look, when you take a guy out of coverage, now, you're, now the opponent's DBs are all on their own. They've got guys one-on-one, and that's all they can do. So make people do that. Rather than you know start the other way, uh, just doesn't, like I said, you don't need a dynamic running back in my opinion in their offense. They've got a great scheme that is com- that can do it. You know that can that can pull it off in my opinion. He is Mike Nolan, of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach, now part of the Ravens broadcast team. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Mike, it's Paul. Uh, talking about this Ravens defense, it seems like they're giving up multiple big plays every game. They're, they're not tackling as well as they should be. Marlon Humphrey's having arguably the worst season of his career. What is going on with the defense, and how can they right the ship? Well, I wish I knew really what was deep down going on, but as I look at it from a perspective, from my perspective, just uh, and I anyhow, I, I see – um, they've got young players playing. I believe this. It starts with their defensive line, and all season long, their defensive line has been banged up. Wolf hasn't played a game yet, and when going into the season, having done their preseason games, been around their team at training camp and watching them, and, and knowing firsthand, their their defensive line really set the tone for the entire defense. They had three veteran guys in Wolf, Williams, and Campbell, and those guys set the tone for everybody. They made everyone accountable. They did the unselfish thing, which I think is the big key here, I'm going to say. Those are three unselfish veterans. And what that does is that allows your linebackers to be free-flowing to the ball all the time. They were tying up blockers consistently with those veteran guys. That's where it starts. I think defensively one of the things that's hurt them is they've had a lot of young guys playing. And although Matabuke and Elway are, are, are good young players and going to be very good, They've got the benefit from learning that unselfish behavior from this defensive line. And I'm not saying they're selfish. I'm just saying that a lot of guys coming out of college, and even with NFL teams to this day, are taught so much about you know running around blocks and making plays. And you hear it so often. Look, everyone's all for making plays. But as a team goes, and especially team defense, which has been played in Baltimore for over 20 years, and, I, and I'm stressed team defense, that's what's made them so good over the years. Everybody plays you know, like a defensive lineman, you play with the intent of making sure your linebackers are free. And when you have the opportunity to make a play, make it. So in my opinion, on the defensive side, that's where it really began. I think it's been a great move to put uh, Queen at will. I think that's what he's been all along. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just He's he's just 
he's made for. And not only is he made for that, but no one else on their squad is made for the will. They're all Mike's. And so they belong at the mic. And I think that's been a nice, you know, a nice compliment to these last couple of games that they've done that on the secondary. Look, I think they have a very good secondary. I know they've taken some hits from some people, but that's a competitive group. I don't know that there's, in my opinion, Humphrey is one of the top three in the league. And I, and, uh, and Everett has, in my opinion, has done a very good job of stepping in. But yeah. when you're one-on-one, you know, excessively, which I think they put those guys out there on the Island a lot, um, you know, they can hold up at times, but every now and then you got to give them a break. You got to give them a breather. And uh, I still think they do an outstanding job on defense. They mix up their, their coverages to do all that. But in the big picture, I would say, you know, if nothing else, just because it's not going like they want it to go and they've got a lot of young players due to injuries in there, maybe, maybe tone it down a little bit as far as, you know, the amount of things you do and let the players put it more on their shoulders rather than trying to make the perfect call all the time. Because that happens in every coordinator in the NFL. You know, you're trying to make the perfect call a lot of the time. And sometimes it just gets to a point where, you know what, I just need to let them play and and see what comes of it. Because if you if you try too hard to make the right call, sometimes it backfires on you. It becomes too much defense. Uh, just a couple of follow-ups on what you said. You know, uh, Patrick Queen finally back on the field for more than 50% of the snaps after a few weeks where he was barely being used at all, and, and he did. He, he performed much better on Sunday. That was a big, a very encouraging step for him. And then sort of a bizarre scenario where Jimmy Smith was on the field for one snap on Sunday, which like I didn't even notice as the game was playing out. It's just really weird um, and might might have something to do with why it is that we heard the Ravens were in the market for Xavier Howard uh, at the trade deadline, and they were talking to the Dolphins about him. So I, I don't know what to make of that, but just two things that jumped out at me. Um, uh, Mike, I, all of this being said, I, I, you know, the Ravens are 6-2, and two, and we talked about some of the negatives. Uh, the positive, of course, is is Lamar Jackson, right? Like it's the thing that we just can't get away from. I, I am, I'm dumbfounded by how this continues to be. There's a new story, right? Like he's already done so many things, and yet there's something new that he writes as a story the following week. And the big thing to me right now is watching what's happening with he and these two young wide receivers in Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman, and. It's as special as anything I've seen between a quarterback and wide receivers in Baltimore ever. And I get that somebody would say that's a low bar, but I, I, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I really think there's something unbelievably special brewing with that trio of guys. I think in the long term there is, too. I'd agree with you. Um, I know firsthand how good Bateman is. I've watched him all through college uh, just because I've had some familiarity with the program up there in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and I know they got a keeper. Had he not been injured in training camp, uh, and been 100%, even right now, I think he would tell you he's still coming back from that injury. And I think the Ravens are doing a good job of kind of easing him back into the Which, into by things. the way, but, Coach, what you're saying makes it all so much. He's playing remarkably well, remarkably well in his first three games, despite the fact that he had no training camp, despite the fact that he's barely had time to develop with his quarterback. Right. Look, uh, this is this is going way out on a limb, but he's got a chance, Bateman, he's got a chance to be on the wall one day. He really does. He, he he might be up on that stadium one day because he's that good. Wow. Uh, and he's he's way above you know ahead of his years as far as his experience as a player. He sees things so well and just so well. There was a couple replays the other day I watched just in the game where he adjusted his route coming across the field to get open. And and some people they'd say, well, that's just you know that's he's supposed to do that. Well, yeah, but sometimes guys have such a delay that it doesn't happen because by the time they get there, the play's over. The quarterback got hit. Something happened. And he's he's really good at that. He's really going to be good. I, and the guy, I tell you what, Marquise Brown has really surprised me. Um, I, I was uh, kind of on the fence about Marquise. Look, I know he's got speed. I know he's a downfield threat and all that good stuff. But 
again, their, their accuracy on deep balls the last few years has not been great, so I never really got too enthralled with it because, look, if they're going to overthrow it, who cares if he goes deep? But Marquise has really done some nice things. You know, I've seen him on some intermediate routes, do a great job of getting open, and so he's had a really good year as well. But those two guys, just to kind of piggyback on what you said, both Marquise Brown and Bateman have, have really, I think they're going to be good down the road. But I will say it again. I mean, this team is a run-first football team, and it should stay that if it wants to continue to win games. You know, there'll be games where they'll have to rely on Bateman and Brown and Watkins and whatever it might be. The tight end, Andrews, obviously, is a great player. Um, and when those uh, those times happen, then go to it. But in the meantime, just beat the heck out of people when the game starts. And then that other stuff just gets wide open, and everyone will get their share and get their stats and be happy and go home with a big win. All right, before I let you go, would uh, would you be at all interested in Odell Beckham Jr.? Would you would you put in a claim for him? Would you if he gets through waivers? Would you want to have the conversation, or is that is it just not met worth messing with what's working right now? Here's what I think about veterans uh, like an, a be, be, uh, like excuse me like Beckham or guys like that is if they do more than just add as a player. In other words, if that player, a Calais Campbell, great example. Mm. You not only got a good player, a very good player, you got a guy that's everything you want on mm -hmm. your football team. You want the young guys to look at it. If that's what you think Beckham is, and personally, I don't think the Ravens think that's what he is because I don't think that's what he is. At least that's what he wasn't for the longest time. Then I don't think they touch him, and I wouldn't touch him personally. Now, if he's different than I think, and he's what I said Calais kind of guy is, then by God, go get him. If you can get him, get him on your squad because those kind of guys are hard to come by. I mean, just because a guy's, you know, all sexy and can catch the ball and does some miraculous things, that's all fine. But when you go get a veteran off another team, especially a guy that's been with two teams already, there's a reason he's going from team to team sometimes. There's a reason people shop people. Because a veteran who's a true veteran, you want in your squad, people do not let go, or rarely anyhow. And uh, so I don't know which one he is, but personally, just by what I've watched by his career, Real good player, but he's not the guy that you go out and get. And he's not a difference maker, in my opinion, because he's he's just going to be a good player and nothing more than that. And they already got good players at that position. I, I tend to agree, and I just think you're messing with a good thing. It's 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 working right now. I'm not I'm not rocking the boat at that situation. It's just not something that I'm doing. All right, yeah. Mike Nolan, uh, of course, part of the Ravens broadcast team and the in the broadcast each game day. But what what else? Anything else we can plug for you that you that you're working on? You got coming up? No, my plate's full just watching the Ravens every weekend. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad way to spend your time at this point. I know that much. Not a bad way to spend your time. Mike not Nolan, always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks so much for doing it this morning. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Mike Nolan checking in with us here on GCR. Um, I, I, so I, the waiver process is today for Odell Beckham um, for teams to put claims in. We should have an answer. Did somebody put a claim in for him? My gut tells me that he will not. I, I know the problem is you're also claiming his contract if you put a claim in for him. So a lot of people are, are thinking that perhaps everybody will pass in the waiver process and then attempt to sign him afterwards. I find it hard to believe no one. There are a few teams that could absorb it, and there's, of course, still things that you can do. I find it hard to believe that no one will put a claim in for him, but it's it's plausible and if they, no one does, then obviously there will be an attempt to sign him afterwards and, and try to get him at a figure that's more to your liking um, or that you can work with. There is this word that he's trying to poison the well, like that his camp is saying, don't claim me because I want to choose where I want to go. So don't if you claim me and it's not somewhere I want to be, then you know it's, it's only going to cause problems. And there might be a team that says, 
okay, well, we'll we'll claim you, and then you don't play. It's fine, you know. Like we don't care. We're just not going to allow you to go help somebody that we have to compete against mm-hmm. the rest of the way. So like if you're the Chiefs. Uh, right, the Chiefs, or I, I guess the Seahawks, a lot of people talked about. So if you're the San Francisco 49ers and you don't think you're out of it yet, do you just say, hey, the hell with it, we're putting the claim for you. If you don't want to come play, you don't want to come play, we could use you. Um, so if you if you want to, God bless. If you don't want to, that's fine. But we're not going to make life any easier for the Seahawks to just go get you. Um, it's one more team we have to go against. And maybe the 49ers at this point are seeing the writing on the wall and realizing that that division is so loaded and they're so far behind that it's just – it's right. it's impossible. I don't know, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, we should get um, at least an answer on the waiver process. I think the word is we get that later today. The expectation um, is that he's not going to be be claimed. That's what they're right. saying. The idea, well, the idea being that he doesn't want to be claimed because mm-hmm. he wants to be able to make his right. own choice as to where he signs. And I get that, right? It's just a question of whether or not all teams are on board with that, and that. I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been Terrell Owens. It might have been. Come to think of it, it might have been Sean Merriman years ago. We were talking about this with yesterday. Like there have been veterans that have been in this spot before, in the middle of a season, and the idea has been, "Don't claim me, don't claim me, don't claim me." And then a team either because they're trying to convince you that you could be a part of something in the future with them, or because they just don't want it to be an easy thing for another team to pick you up, will go ahead and put the claim in and then leave in the spot. Look. Either you can come decide you want to play for us and we'll try to work it out, or you don't, but we're just not going to allow you to go to, you know, New Orleans, and that's tougher competition for us and trying to get to the, you know, if, if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you think the Saints are definitely interested in Odell Beckham and you realize that, like, your path to winning or to getting a playoff spot might be hurt by the Saints being better, although you've already had one game against them this and you won it, um, you might just say, I'm putting a claim in. You, you want to come play? You know, they lost Calvin Ridley, right? Like, mm-hmm. they might try to convince him, hey, come down here and join this thing. If you don't want to, that's fine. We're just not going to allow you to go to the Saints. Like, that's the reality of it. And, and you never know. I don't, I don't know. But, again, for that number, yes, I get why there are very few teams that are in position to take on his current cap number, even though it's only – but people keep forgetting. It's only 50% of the number. Like, people keep thinking – that like it's this monstrous number. No, the season's halfway over. It's fifty percent of that number. Um, so there's only a few teams that are in position to take on that money to begin with. And you combine that with the fact that like he he clearly has teams that he wants to go to and teams that he doesn't want to go to. If you're one of the teams he doesn't want to go to, why would you why would you get involved with this? Sometimes it's gamesmanship. It's a very complicated situation. But clears waivers, then he's free to sign with whoever he would like to sign with and whoever would like to sign him. There is nothing that suggests that the Ravens are in the market for Odell Beckham, despite the fact— I can't imagine why they would be. Well, it never made any sense to me to begin with, but all the, you know, this is what happens. We're, we are convinced that Vegas knows more than we do. Mm-hmm. Like, we are, we are eternally convinced. Every time we see a line and it's super stinky, we're like, what do they know? What do they know? Remember uh, the week that the Cowboys didn't have Dak Prescott? The line started moving— when there was no real thought that Dak Prescott wasn't going to play. Mm. And everybody on Twitter is like, Vegas knows something. Like, they know Dak Prescott's not playing in this game because the line would not be moving like this if they didn't know that Dak, Dak Prescott wasn't playing. Like, there's just no, if there was any thought that Dak Prescott might, they wouldn't be moving this line like this. Um, so we eternally, whenever we see these things, start saying things like, well, Vegas knows more than we do. And sometimes that's true. Like, I want to make that very clear. Sometimes 100% true. Vegas knows more than we do. But this one smelled fishy 
from the get-go. Like, this one just smelled like... It's like what Jeremy was talking about with some college basketball lines. Like, that there are some times where Vegas sets lines and allows action on things, and it just doesn't make sense. And college basketball, as Jeremy pointed out, is a sport where there's so many games and there's so many teams that there is just an opportunity for a, a line setter to miss something and to set a line based on knowledge that they had in the past and they're just not up on UC Irvine at this point. Like, they just don't right. know UC Irvine the way they need to in order to set that line. Um, so that exists. And I think that this is sort of a similar situation where, like, when wide receivers have become available in recent years, the Ravens have always been near the top of the list. It's always made sense. So when there was a wide receiver that was coming available, the people in Vegas were like, oh, the Ravens, they're always in the conversation when it comes to wide receivers. And that's that's the thing that made, it never made, n- never came off to me like they knew something about the Ravens specifically being interested in Odell Beckham. Like, that never made sense to Unless me. they know something about Sammy Watkins. But it even, seems like yeah. he's trending towards coming back. Yeah, and even then, it still, it, it still doesn't make sense. All right. Uh, if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with uh, Mike Bordick. They had a great conversation talking baseball last night on Facebook Live. You can find it, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Go to pressboxonline.com slash video to watch it right now. Stan Ross and Mike Bordick talking baseball this week. When we come back in, we'll get tidbit, we'll get tubular. Uh, I think i got to finish this. I want to try to get to from power. Power rankings are up today at pressboxonline.com for you to go check them out. Um, we got to finish this as well. So all that on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. 
Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Right now, the Maryland women's basketball team, the season's underway. They're playing a game today. They make it a field trip day to try to get kids to come down to the game. First game of the season for the Maryland women going on right now. And if you pick up the new print issue of Press Box, you can read about the 20th season for Maryland head coach Brenda Freeze. New print issue of Press Box available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. and have hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box or read it all pressboxonline.com you know what do me a favor because I want to I want to get a plug in for this event that he's doing just try giving um, Chris Ruling a call and see if he can't uh, hop on for one second to tell us a little bit more about this event with Pat Ricard tonight I'll pull up his number I I should have thought of this ahead of time it's my fault that I'm just coming up with this on the fly sometimes these things happen Paul but give uh, give Chris a call yeah from the studio and just see if he's got a minute that he could hop on and tell us more about this event uh, tonight with Patrick Ricard um, that he's hosting in order to benefit Harvest of Hope. And if he can't, all good. Uh, life will go on, and, um, you know, I'll tell you more about it. But uh, just I, 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 I screwed that up. I should have invited him on a little bit ago. Um, ooh, okay, this is a good comparison. Ben in San Francisco, talking about the Odell Beckham thing. He says, I feel like it's the same thing with fantasy talking heads who keep saying Tyson Williams is the best running back option and are dumbfounded when he doesn't touch the field. It's surface-level observation. It's an interesting point that you make, uh, Ben. It's a very interesting point, comparing it to people talking about Odell Beckham. I guess the difference there would be I can understand that a little bit more because you can point at the the Ravens' backfield and outside of the second half of the game on Sunday say, well, they don't have good options. There's great reason why Tyson Williams is also not a good option, and we've gone into painstaking detail about that, that the fantasy football world can't possibly understand. But at least I can get them saying, hey, we don't think the Ravens have good options, so why wouldn't they give it to this guy who's averaging uh, more yards per carry? I can dismiss them as, and that's why I'd say, they don't get it, they don't understand things, but I, at surface level, can get why they would feel that way. But with that said, they in talking about Odell Beckham in Baltimore, you've got to look at the, the the picture as presented and see there's just not a fit. There's just not a need for Odell Beckham. This isn't he wouldn't be replacing Devontae Freeman or Latavius Murray. There are, are guys that are performing in the wide receiver room right now. And I guess there would be a comparison that would made. Somebody would say, well, yeah, but they want him in Seattle, and Seattle's got a couple of decent wide receivers at the top of their group. Fair. Fair. New Orleans certainly, you know, without getting Michael Thomas back, that, that it, it jumps off the page as a need in New Orleans, that they could use any productive wide receiver right now that they could find. Could be a need in New Orleans. Um, Atlanta, I didn't even think about I don't even think people are talking about Atlanta, but definitely Atlanta, who's 
at the moment, if the season would end today, Atlanta's in the playoffs. Yeah, they're the seventh seed. Which is which is nuts. It's bonkers. So if they're going to make a push, they could absolutely use any help they could get at the wide receiver position. Like, any help at all. They are not so loaded that they couldn't absorb uh, adding someone like uh, Odell Beckham. But it's an interesting comparison, Ben, that you make with that argument. Because, yes, you hear that all the time from people who aren't here. They'll be like, well, I don't understand why the Ravens wouldn't just use Tyson Williams more. Guys, I'd like to think you're smart people. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be. It ain't just because they're this guy's so good we can't play him. You guys are capable of think of deeper thoughts. They said he got equal snaps to Le'Veon Bell on Sunday and had zero carries. So th- there's a reason they're not giving him the ball. Maybe they, they they can't. They're never gonna come out and tell you. It's like I said about the trade thing last week. They can't come out and tell you directly because they might need Tyson Williams. If Latavius Murray co- never comes back and Devontae Freeman gets hurt, they're going to need Tyson Williams. So they can't come out and tell you all of the things that he does wrong. They can't just walk out today and say, these are the problems with Tyson Williams. This is why it is that he's not a part of the offense. They can't do that because they might need him to play. And it'd be horrendously awkward for them to walk into a room and say, all right, Tyson, get ready to go on Sunday. And then he turns around and says, yeah, but you, you don't think I can play. It's... It's a very uncomfortable spot to be in. But you can acknowledge there's definitely reason why he's not that guy. All right. um, Let's go ahead and get a tidbit. We'll do that right now. Tidbit of the day is brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right. So I heard this from Dan Orlovsky and Jeremy Kahn yesterday. The Baltimore Ravens are 3-1 and when trailing by double digits in the second half this season. The rest of the NFL is 8-94. and after last night's game. Sunday's comeback victory against the Vikings was Lamar's second comeback victory this season and in his career when trailing by at least 14 points in the second half, which ties for the franchise record. There have been seven victories by five different quarterbacks in Ravens franchise history when trailing by 14 points or more in the second half, including Lamar's two. Who are the other four quarterbacks? Say that one more time. So the Ravens, in yeah. their franchise history, yeah. have won seven games right. in which they've trailed by at least 14 points yeah. in the second half. Uh-huh. Five different quarterbacks have, have led those comebacks. Right. Two of those games were led by Lamar Jackson. What four quarterbacks are responsible for the, the other, other five games? Other five games. Okay. Um, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, two. October 30th, 2011 versus Arizona and November 2nd, 2008 versus Cleveland. I'll say, oh boy. I'll say uh, Vinny. Vinny Testaverde, October 27th, 1996, versus the St. Louis Rams. I'm t- they were down big in that one Jets game late in the Super Bowl season, so I'm going to say Trent Dilfer, but I don't know for sure if they were still down in the fourth quarter. They were down big in the first half. They had the lead by the third quarter. By the third quarter, okay. I mean, they were down big in that yeah, game. Yeah, they gave a 500 yards offense. Yeah, it was it was uh, Al Groh coached Jets team. That was Vinny Testaverde lit him up. He threw for 500 yards. I, that's that's correct. Good good memory. Uh, the other, I mean, obviously these were the easy ones. So the others were, I'm I'm oh 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 um Anthony uh, Anthony Wright. Anthony course, Wright, November 23rd, 2003 versus Seahawks. That was the day that Marcus Robinson yeah. had uh, yeah. four touchdown receptions. Yeah, that was, I mean, that that was bonkers. And of course, the Ravens got the uh, free timeout because the official screwed up the play late. And mm. Sorry, it's the way it works sometimes. 
There's one more. If you don't get this one, you'll be kicking yourself that you didn't get it. If I don't get this one, I'll be kicking myself that I didn't get it because it's a it's a memorable comeback that the Ravens had. Mm-hmm. It's a memorable comeback. The Ravens authored. Ah. Memorable comebacks. Ah. I'm not, it's not, it's not jumping out to me. Um, Do you want another hint? Hang on, hang on. Was it McNair? No. I thought I remember to come back against the Titans early in that season. Was it the Jaguars game? Was it um, Tony Banks? Tony Banks. Okay. September 10th, 2000, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. It was I just couldn't remember if it, we, well, it Yeah. They were down 23-7 yep. at halftime, and it was their first win ever in franchise history against Jacksonville. I was at that game celebrating my birthday, which was three days later. But Ah, that's a – I mean, it was, it was one of the most memorable games in franchise history. You're right about that. I just couldn't – like, I remember it being a shootout by the time I got to the end of the game. I couldn't remember if they were still trailing – Shan- Shannon like, Sharp caught the f- yes. his called yes. Banks his fifth touchdown. That was a game that Jimmy Smith had 290 receiving yards and three touchdowns. I remember it well. I remember it well. It was the game. The Ravens really it was the day they they made their statement as a legitimate team in the AFC. It was legitimately that day that they made their statement um, about them being. And of course, the ironic part about it is they did it in shootout fashion, and then. The way they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year was by not scoring at all and just playing defense and running the ball. So that was the irony of how that worked out. All right, uh, quickly, he's at Disney. I totally forgot he's down at Disney. He's not even going to be there tonight. I totally forgot about that, and I know that he was down there. He's our buddy Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and they have an amazing event coming up tonight that he's going to tell us about right now. What's going on, pal? How are you? Hey, Glenn. I am surrounded by Disney princesses. I don't know how I feel about it. Hey, so, man, uh, I mean, worst <laughs> worst ways to spend your time, taking the family yeah. down to Disney, bro. That's a, that's a very yeah. good thing. It's you, are, you think you can send me some money because I think I'm broke already. Oh, dude, uh, I can only man. imagine. I can only <laughs> imagine how much this trip costs you. Like, I can only – my and this is not a joke. My So my kids are six and four, you know. My wife and I were just talking over the summer about, like, what's the sweet spot because we can only do it once. There can only be one Disney trip. <laughs> like, there's not going to be another one later. There will be one time, so we got to find the exact sweet spot age-wise for when they would both be into it to go down to Disney because there's zero chance we could afford to go back at any point. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it, they definitely they definitely figure out a way to get you, and you don't even realize it until like it's all said and done, and you finally get that receipt yeah, right. from the hotel showing you how much you spent. So, but Kevin, how's it going, man? You spent ten thousand dollars on room service. <laughs> God, I'm too. Yeah. All right, I just enjoyed a six-hour ice cream sandwich. So yeah. Oh God, no doubt. <laughs> Have you had a Dole Whip while you've been down there? I know it's the you big know, thing. My, my wife is she is more of the pineapple ice okay. cream. I'm I'm I am a chocolate and vanilla. Uh, type type person. So right. she's had probably two or three of them, but myself, I uh, I kind of steer away from that. But the lines tell me that they're delicious um, as we wait like 20 minutes for one. But. <laughs> well, we uh, we know that the Tyus Bowser show will be back next week 
uh, and Mothers and Timonium, and we got some great new partners that have joined us. Uh, we're very excited about Window Depot Baltimore and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin coming on to help us out with the Tyus Bowser show, and we love them. But in the meantime, before we get back to that, uh, you guys have a really special event coming up tonight. What do people need to know? Yeah, man. So um, we were going to have Deshaun Elliott uh, tonight uh, with our partners at Wise Markets, Kearney, Parkville. But, of, of course, Deshaun had that um, season-ending injury and um, going to be unable to make it. So we kind of reached deep, and uh, Pancake Pat Ricard is going to come out and hang out. He's been a big supporter of the Transformation Center as he passed out turkeys with Nick Boyle a couple years ago. And when we hit him up, he was like, absolutely, count me in. So uh, Pancake Pat is going to be at the Wise Markets in Kearney Parkville. It is a free meet and greet uh, with photos and autographs. We are asking for a $20 Wise gift card donation, um, which they're going to be cutting. That's an amazing deal. That one gift card will get us three turkeys from them. Holy crap. We, yeah, they're, gonna, they're ho really hooking us up. And you know our goal this year, we really updated to where we're trying to hook up 600 families with turkeys, pies, all the fixings, so they can make their own Thanksgiving dinner at home. You know, um, you know, soup kitchens and cafeterias are great, but there is just something about sitting around your table with your own family, making your own dinner. Um, the guys watching football, the girls, you know, gossiping and looking at the sales ads for Christmas. You know, to be able to sit around my table and knowing that other families are doing that as well is going to make my Thanksgiving that much more enjoyable. And the fact that Justin Tucker last week, which was a huge turnout, we probably had a thousand people oh, come I believe through. That. Yeah. Um, uh, Pat Ricard this week, of course, Tyus and his special guest, which Tyus is planning something really special for us. So you're not going to want to miss that at Mother's uh, there in Timonium. And then we'll wrap it all up with the uh, Ray Rice party, game day watch party at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. 60 bucks, all you can eat, all you can drink, hang out with Ray Rice and watch the Bears game, or Bears and Ravens game as they're away. But tonight, Wise Markets, Carney Parkville, we're asking for you to come out. If you love the Ravens, if you love helping others, this is a perfect combo to do both. And you get 20 bucks and you get a photo. Probably get your Christmas card made tonight with Pat Ricard. All right. Um, see if I can even bring a, a Santa Claus hat for him to wear. Or have one. I'm here in Disney, but my partners are handling everything there. But it's going to be a great, great time. So hopefully everybody can come out. So let me just make sure I understand this. People don't – they don't need to pick – I know with the Tucker event they had to get tickets ahead of time. Is that necessary for this one? No, because uh, we actually are going to have Pat for two hours. You know, with Justin, it was right after he made that, you know, the 66-yarder. Yep. And we knew the response was going to be there. And we didn't want people camping out and stuff like that. So we, it, it, it worked out really well. So what's going to happen is you'll go there, you'll get your gift card, you'll check in, you'll get a spot in line, just like as if you were at the airport getting ready to board an airplane. So that way you can go and mingle and then come back at 7 o'clock and line up in your spot. We get everybody through, and it's nice and organized and safe, and uh, everybody can have a good time and not stress about, you know, getting there super, super early. We should have plenty of time to get everybody So through. just show up tonight at the Wise, the Wise Markets. In, it's, yeah. it's, you know, call it Parkville, call it Kearney, whatever you want to call it. We all know where it is right there. What's that, Joppa and um, – Joppa and Hartford Road. Hartford Road, thank you. Everybody's been yep. there. You know exactly where it is. All you do is show up tonight, get your $20 gift card, and then go check in, and you will get the opportunity to meet Patrick Ricard tonight and get your picture and autograph. And on top of that, that $20 gift card is going to provide three turkeys to a family that needs it in our community for Thanksgiving. So I, this is the definition of win-win, Chris. This is the definition 
of, of a perfect combination of things to do that you can help people out tonight. Uh, find out more at great8smemorabilia.com, and you can also get your tickets for the watch party with Ray Rice at Jimmy's Seafood. It's also helping out um, Harvest of Hope. So uh, incredible stuff that you're doing. And then, like we said, we got uh, the Tyus Bowser show back next week. And then I, when you get back, you and I need to sit down. We got uh, to think through how we're doing coats. We got to work. That's, that's the next thing that you and I are going to have to work on because I'm a little bit behind. But I, 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 get, back to, get back to your vacation. Enjoy the trip, man. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Tonight, obviously, we'll see everybody else out uh, at WISE to, for the event to benefit Harvest of Hope and uh, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Chris Ruling, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for buzzing in. Thanks, Glenn. I'll talk to you guys later. Chris Ruling, Great Eights Memorabilia. Um, again, tonight is the night for um, that event with Patrick Ricard. And, my God, how could that be any better? $20 donation that they are hooking. They're giving, you, they're giving Harvest of Hope three turkeys. For twenty bucks, so you are taking care of three families in our community that can't afford their Thanksgiving this year, and you get to meet Patrick Ricard. I don't know if you saw; he had a pretty good game on Sunday. Decent little day for old Project Pat. That's it. That's all you got to do. Show up tonight. Wise Markets, Harford and Joppa Road. You know it. It's right there on the corner. Show up, get your gift card, check in, you're meeting them, picture, autograph. Great night for the whole family and for other families in our community who need it. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to find out more. And again, the Tyus Bowser Show, we're back next week. Uh, thanks to Pressbox Great Eights Memorabilia, Window Depot, Baltimore, and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, which is where I go when I need to have my car looked at. That's my spot. Happy to have them on board Duffy'sGarageMD.com and WindowDepotBaltimore.com in order to find out more. Totally Tubular is brought to you. Uh, you know what? Hang on one second. Totally Tubular. I, I do want to remind everybody that um, power rankings are up at GlennClarkRadio.com. We'll save finish this. We'll save finish this. We'll save that for when. I, I don't know when we'll save it for. But power rankings are up. You can go check them out. Obviously, drastic changes because everybody lost this week. So a lot of movement in power rankings this week. They're available right now at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise, the college basketball schedule. Maryland opens the season against Quinnipiac at 7 o'clock. It's on Big Ten Network Plus. ACC Network for Loyola and North Carolina at 7, then Navy Virginia at 9. ESPN Plus has UMBC UMass at 7.30, UMES and St. Joseph's at 8.00. Also, ESPN Plus tonight for the Patriot League soccer semifinals. Loyola hosting against Army, looking to break through and win their first Patriot League title and get to the NCAA tournament. They are the top seed. That game is at Ridley Athletic Complex. If you got no plans tonight, I would also encourage you to get over there. We'll have it for you on ESPN Plus. ESPN 3 for Towson and Albany at 7 o'clock. Coppin State and Loyola Chicago at 8. FS1 this afternoon, Mount St. Mary's and Villanova at 4.30. MorganStateBears.com as Morgan opens the season against St. Mary's College of Maryland at 6. That's all of the local college basketball for tonight. The big ones nationally tonight, ESPN, the Champions Classic event, Kansas and Michigan State at 7, Kentucky and Duke at 9.30. In between the games, they'll unveil the new college football playoff top 25, and we'll see that once again Cincinnati is not in the top four because we, we know that's the case. Um, the rest of the college basketball, find it at glennclarkradio.com. There's a lot of games. Basically, the entire country's playing the night. Some action on ESPN2 and ESPNU, as well as on CBS Sports Network. 
Uh, TNT, Bucks, Sixers at 7.30, Blazers, Clippers at 10, ESPN Plus and Hulu for Panthers, Devils at 7, Cracking Golden Knights at 10, the USA Network for WWE, WWE NXT at 8. You got some non-sports highlights for me? Uh, yeah, you got Jeopardy at 7 and at Wheel of Fortune at 7.30 on Fox. Animal Planet, Finding Bigfoot, Uncovered at 8. On the History Channel, Great Escapes with Morgan Freeman, Alcatraz at 10 o'clock. Uh, FX, Impeachment, American Crime Story at 10. And on uh, H- this, is, this might be the finale of that tonight. It's I, a, I feel this like it's, episode. It's got it's, it's got to be, be Yeah, Have you been watching? I have not. I have been watching. I have been. I, it's it's such a great cast. Sarah Paulson's unbelievable. Like, she's unbelievable as uh, Linda Tripp. And she's unbelievable at everything. Obviously, she was Marsha Clark. And, I mean, she's been great in everything that Sarah Paulson does. Um, it's it's not earth-shattering, right? But it is, you know, for those of us that were, you know, this was a significant part of our lives, the nostalgia play has worked. Like, remembering all of the little details that you had forgotten about over the years, you're like, oh, my God. Like, the moment that uh, he said, it depends on what your definition of is is in his (laughs) deposition, which, like, shook me to my core as a 13-year-old, like, Oh my God! You can you can do that? Like you can get away with trying to debate what the definition of is is? All of those little things. Um, it's been a good nostalgia play this series. Yeah, I haven't watched one of those American Crime Stories since the OJ one. Well, the OJ one was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what was the one after that? Was the Menendez or was it the? No, it was the Versace. Was yeah, the one the after Versace that? Right. One. I didn't really watch that one. Yeah, I, um, I watched the first episode. It didn't pull me. But in, it also so. wasn't a story that like captivated me. And I'm not trying. It was a terrible tragedy, obviously. Yeah. But it wasn't a story that captivated me in the same way. This clearly was a story that captivated the entire country. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to check it out. And then finally on HBO tonight at 10 o'clock, Dear Ryder, the Jake Burton story. It's an HBO original documentary about Jake Burton Carpenter, the pioneer who propelled the sport of snowboarding into a global and cultural phenomenon. If you say so. I uh, I was uh, I was not familiar with that, uh, if you say so. Me All either, right. but it looked interesting. Very good. Uh, totally Tubular brought to you today by Window Nation. Final opportunity for you to take advantage of their best offer ever at Window Nation. Two free windows for every two you buy. Um, you know, no payments at all for two full years. It's an incredible deal. 866-90NATION or windownation.com to find out more. All right. Thanks today to Mike Nolan. Thanks also to Pete Medhurst. Thanks as well to Dalius Thomas. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, um, we are going to catch up with Andrea Kramer, uh, who is doing one of the alternate broadcasts of Thursday Night Football for Amazon. Uh, John Kinjemi, is he joining us tomorrow to preview the Dolphins? Yes. Former Baltimore Stallions quarterback, John Kinjemi, now with MiamiDolphins.com and their broadcast crew. He's going to join us to preview the Dolphins. Uh, Drew Forrester, I assume, will join us as he does every Wednesday. Oh, we need to make our uh, first uh, regular uh, hit with Patrick Stevens in the college basketball season uh, tomorrow as well. So a lot to do, and you never know what other fun things might pop up. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Window Nation, ExxonMobil, Toyota, uh, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, and Window Depot. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go all of the local basketball teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>